Hey guys, it's a new podcast. Uh, let's run through some dates real quick. Ooh, before I start, go check out my YouTube channel. You can find all my info at burtburtburt.com, uh, and that's where you can find my YouTube page. I post uh, new vlogs bi-weekly, and the video to these podcasts, podcasts are posted uh, on my YouTube channel. So go check it out. Let's run through some dates real quick. Uh, as always, go to Burtcast, get a shirt, get a, a machine shirt. we got new machine shirts coming out. And a uh, coffee mug, my book, Life of the Party. Edmonton, January 14th through 16th. Melrose Improv on the 22nd. Liberty, Ohio. That's right outside Cincinnati or inside Cincinnati, I think. It's a new club. I'm going to be there the 28th through the 30th of January. Richmond Funny Bone, uh, February 4th through 6th. The Ice House with Friends, February 12th. Omaha, 18, 19, 20. The Hard Rock in Sioux City. Is it Sioux City? It's all of our city, but Sue's the one that owns it. Uh, uh, I'm going to be there on the 17th of February in Bellevue, Washington, the 25th, 26th, 27th. Guys, I still have tons more dates. Oh, my God. How do I forget? How do I forget? Call in Sick to Work show in Columbus, Ohio on the 17th of March, followed by the Long Road Distillery in Grand Rapids. I think it's Grand Rapids, Michigan. I don't know. Virginia Beach, Des Moines, Calgary. Brea, D.C., Helium, Schaumburg, Flappers, Orlando, Columbus again, Albany, Funny Bone, Syracuse. Guys, this is running up until August. I'm not going to tell you more dates than that. Uh, today's podcast is with a hilarious dude. He's one of my favorite comedians. He is the guy that taught me that if you are just cool to someone, then they'll be cool back. And he has been my friend since the moment I met him. And I've known him now for probably... 13 years, put your hands together, stand-up comedian from the Nasty Show, from Punch Drunk, from the Comedy Store, and this is a Bananas Good Podcast, Sam Tripoli. This is Perfect. Young Christian Yeah, that, uh, that show was fucking... Fire, huh? It was pretty insane. I gotta be honest with you, best set of the night, no questions asked. Brody Stevens. Oh, you were there then? Yeah. I was there during Brody. Yeah, I was I well I was I was actually walking out, but Joe uh torched the room. I mean there was no like when when Joe went on I was it was when he said thank you, good night or whatever. Place went nuts. I don't think I haven't seen something like that in a really long time. Just hardcore fucking Dude, immediately everyone just stood up said, like, just... Oh, he got standing O? Yeah, and <clears throat> he's got this bit. I won't tell you the bit, because I don't want to burn his bit. Is it about what's-his-face? Yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. And it's destructive. I mean, it's destructive, and he's acting it out, and it's just like... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I, I was sitting outside with uh, Jesse May Peluso, and we were doubled after, and we were doubled over, and we were critiquing the bit. We were, like like, figuring out what we liked in it. <laughs> Whoever went on next has massive balls because it was tough. Yes, that, yeah. Right, in, right after that was like it's my first time in the main room, and uh, he. I've, Who went I, on after him? I don't know. I wish I knew because I really fucking respect that kid because he, man, he just Dean Del Rey. No, it wasn't Dean. It was a younger kid with a with a hoodie on. He had a a, a hat, an orange. He had an orange uh, ski cap on. Adam. 
Was it Steve? No, Steve uh, do you know? Was no. it Steve? I wonder who it Adam? was. It was it Adam? I don't know. An Adam. I'm trying Josh. to Josh. Oh, was it young kid? Yeah, young kid. Josh Martin? It might have been. Laugh yeah. it, thought like this. I don't know. But it, he he had a rough set, but it was like he stuck. It's like it's like the shit you that you- You just got to stay in the pot. Like, yeah, it's like getting a face tattoo. You got to fucking- the com- That's the comedy store, dude. The reason if you're blessed to learn in the store is that there's no host, dude. There's really no host. I guess last night they did, but you always have to go up after like some dude just scorched the earth and you got to try to get laughs. Like the two hardest people in the world I've ever had to follow is Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. The big black chick. She's She's been doing comedy since Christ was a kid. I don't know. And she just got on Saturday Night Live like two years ago. And oh, she, really? And now she's on like, uh, she's the black chick in Ghostbusters. And yeah. a fucking education having to follow that woman. You got to focus that. I have to script my first five jokes yeah. and just know nobody's going to be listening. And the other person is Joey Diaz at that room. Joey Diaz. I had to. Oh, I had. I didn't. Pris, come on. Um, I didn't have to follow Joey. I, I, I went up before Joey twice. Last week, we just Joey just called and was like, let's go do sets. So we did one, a set of flappers, which I love flappers. I love flappers, too, dude. So I love flappers, and I love, you know what else I love is the ha-ha. I love the new ha-ha. It's like a New York City club in outer space. Dude. It just looks like just a space jam. Pris, come on. Leave us the fuck alone. And so. Uh, this dog isn't like, oh, you don't own a dog. You have a roommate. That's what this <laughs> yeah. dog is. That's how big this dog is. She doesn't realize. Like last night I came out and I wanted to talk to Leanne. Leanne gave me a great fucking pep talk. Chris, come on. Are you fucking serious? Leanne, my wife. Oh, hey, come here. Go get that. Go get it. I wonder Go get if it, this Pris. dog thinks she's she tiny thinks, like your other dog. She like, thinks we're she's just a little, little fucking dogs. lap dog. And so, like, Bill Burr came over to do a podcast, and she just sat on his lap. And he was uh, like, I love this, but, I, like, I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100 a, it's a pounds of just all love, huh? I came out to talk to Leanne last night, and Priscilla just came out and just sat on her. Just lays across her. It's, it's she gets in bed with us it's like having a third human be- it's like running a train <laughs> <laughs> my I, I i've been doing this joke Chris, no it's all Stop good it. you like coffee Chris, come on i've been doing jokes i was telling the story about how i always get hired to do weird gigs and i had to do a gig at a las vegas swingers club and it was hilarious because it's like you gotta do stand-up why like black guys run trains on fat white chicks and it's just like you just gotta stay in the fucking groove and so wait do you think you learned do you think you learned did you how much did the comedy store inform how you do stand up you know it it uh, completely 100 percent. my whole styles comedy store it was detrimental at first because i would go into like comedy clubs in the midwest and be like just flame throw the room and like there's a there's an order and a business to a lot of comedy clubs in the, uh, on the road, which I totally understand that is not at the comedy store. Yeah. Like, the comedy store thrives on chaos, you know, and the weirder the shit, the crazier the shit, and just, it's outlaw stuff. A lot, not as much now as it used to be, but when I was coming up and, you know, Mitzi was barely there, but she was still running the place, and it was like the, 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 the inmates ran the asylum, and it was just like, it was just pure chaos, dude. It's, there is an energy. I was, t- I had, I, 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 not to like talk all about the comedy store today, but like, there, like, I did two sets back to back. I did Ari's storytelling show, and I did Red Band show, and I never work at the comedy store. I never work at the comedy store based off of, of uh, fear that I'll bruise my self esteem. 
You know what I mean? Does that sound fair? Yeah, I get that. Like it's like I'm not. I never passed there, so I'm not in there. So I can't just show up and get on. I have to be like put on a show. And a lot of times it's like you 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 have to start from scratch at that place. But I feel like no, I don't think there's anybody that would be upset if you just if they you start no, getting spots. There. No, no, I think I, everyone would love to have you there. I think I don't know maybe, but I, like the the thing is, that, you know, it's like uh, this is like super vulnerable for me to say, but I'll be very honest. It's the whole showing up and having to explain to someone you're a comedian when you've been doing it 16 years. Dude, I get it all the time. It's like I did Ari's show, and some door guy, very nice guy, I'm sure, was just like, hey, man, you can't go in this way. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to the belly room. He goes, no, you need to show your ID. You need to go into the front. And I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. He goes, he's like, he didn't say it this way, but he's like, I don't know you. And I was like. That's unbelievable. I was like, God damn it. And then the, the guy next to him, I was hoping someone knew me, and he was like. He's like, yeah, man, you got to go in. You got to, like, I was at the door of the belly room to go up, like, at that back entrance. And then Harlan Williams just walked right past me. And no one said anything. And I went, hey, he just walked in this way. And so I was like, all right, now my ego's fucked up. So I go to, I tell Ari, I'm like, sorry I'm late. I had a hard time getting in. He was like, what? Yeah. You think they know who you are? Listen, I, I go through that at the improv, the Hollywood improv. Yeah. Those door guys, there's a turnover there, which I understand. Yeah. It's not that it's a bad place, but everybody's a comic. They all they all want to go out. Everyone but- says they're a comic, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying what everyone says. Right. Like, listen, officer, I don't, or I don't, whenever anyone gets to, for a drinking problem, yeah, they're like, I fine. don't have a problem. <laughs> I totally get it. Because, yeah. Like, I go, I go to comedy, I go to the improv, and I go to walk in. They're like, hold on, dude, we need an idea. I'm like. And then, luckily, there's a, no, he's a comic, let him in, but there's that ego thing. It fucks with you. Listen, man, you know, it's like, you and I met a long time ago, and uh, we did a, a DVD, and everybody's kind of gone on their own trajectory and that shit, you know, and through a couple, like, weird decisions in my life, my trajectory has been a different than a lot of people's trajectories, you know, and it's just like... I feel like I get what you get at the comedy store at a lot of places. Oh, I get it at a lot of places. It destroys my ego, man. Oh, I'm God. like, I, you know, it's like, I just like, dude, you don't know me, okay? I guess, I guess, I gotta go in here and just, sh-. and then you go up on stage and it's just like people. I've done the hot, I've done uh, flappers, yeah, and they like. I was doing the you the Yuhu room, which I really love. I that love you. the Yuhu room. It's like a nice place. Like I love what Ari did. Like. Get a tiny room, work your hour out. Pack yeah. it with your fans, see if it works. Pack it out. I like doing that in the Yoohoo room. They'll give me a weekend. I'll do a half an hour, 40 minutes on stage of just flamethrowing people. You know, but it's so funny when I, I got put, I was doing the Yoohoo room. They put me in flat in the main room. They're like, you want to do a guest spot? Because a couple of the employees know who I am. They're yeah. like, yeah. So they put me up. And, you know, it's, and the kids are doing the best thing. I'm going up with, like, 23-year-olds who yeah. have been watching YouTube clips, so they, they understand cadences, and they, <laughs> they, they have very polished, unpolished shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It yeah. seems like it's delivered by a, a fucking Reno veteran who's been doing, like, <laughs> Catch a Rising Star very in Reno. Very polished, unpolished shit. I've seen so many guys, and I'm not saying specifically at Flappers or anywhere, but I have seen so many guys doing exactly what you're talking about. Very polished, unpolished shit. Yeah. They've seen enough to understand cadence. They just don't know why they're doing it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, Sam. <laughs> they get the beats and all that stuff, and you're like, these kids are way ahead of me when I was at that age. <laughs> but they don't know how to write a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, man. I literally was, like, watching this guy the other night at some undisclosed occasion, and I was just like, I was like, I'm smiling, and I'm enjoying it but i'm not laughing yeah <laughs> it's like nothing he's saying is original nor is it like interesting 
but I get where I should laugh. There's this really funny young comic. Her name is Taylor Tomlinson, and she is literally one of the funniest young, youngest, funniest people I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, she's. I don't know if you know her story. She did Last Comic Standing. She uh-huh. got pretty far, but she started out in churches because they wouldn't let her do stand-up in comedy clubs. Uh-huh. You know? They wouldn't let her do stand-up in comedy clubs, so the only stage time she get was doing these, like, church events. So she worked clean at these church events, and then she has this, like, old black man crowd work that you watch. Like, she's so in heaven. And oh, you, like, fuck. watch her, like, holy fuck. And she's, like, 22, and she, like, gets at all this kind con- all this kind of she gets it and like i was having her i was doing a show with her somewhere and i had you know greg wilson was watching her and he's like yeah these young kids they get it because they've been watching youtube forever and they understand like cadence and all that stuff but if you watch her her premises are like from her age which is taco bell and all that stuff but that's what she's lived you know it's like the biggest thing these kids have to do is like go out and live life before they could start getting some real shit. Like it's the same way everyone was copying Dane's cadence. Yes, in like the late nineties, because we were like, God, I remember, I distinctly remember watching him the first time do stand up and went, he does, he, I can't imagine him bombing. Like he just, he's got it. Hey, uh, you ever, you ever notice it? Like it was just like so like distinguished and like, and I, I remember going like. I remember having jokes where I was like, the joke doesn't work, but I bet if I repeat the word four times, I bet people will I'm understand. Just walking. I'm walking. So I'm, I'm walking. walking. I'm walking. I'm just walking. Look at me walk. I'm walking my two feet. Hello. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's just, yeah. and it's a really smart way of working. The thing that's up saying is like the more you're around, I'd like I feel like an old athlete. Like nobody knows Shoeless Joe. <laughs> Shoeless Joe is the greatest ever. Yeah. You watch Shoeless Joe, you'd laugh at yeah. Michael Jordan. That's yeah. Shoeless Joe. Yeah. He did everything Jordan did, but without shoes, man. And you're like, <laughs> and like that's kind of sometimes how I feel about Dane Cook. It's like. You know, with all this crazy shit that went on with him, like, nobody really appreciates, like, there was a time about 10 years ago when he was the baddest man on the planet. Like, he was on, I would watch him at Dublin's and just be like, whoa, this guy is fucking murdering people. And it's like, he was the best at that time. I remember going up after him one time and thinking, how do you now get them to think about you? Because I'm still thinking about him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking about what he just said, and I'm the one that needs to talk. He, I, I, there was a time, and I remember it vividly, where it was like I remember saying to someone, "This must have been what it's like to watch the first caveman make fire." <laughs> like you, you've heard stories about the fire, but now you're watching it. You're like, "Oh fuck, man! He does it every time." One hundred. I mean, he. What, did you ever go to Dublin's way back in the day? Yeah. And you would just he would just get up there, and he'd get the he'd get the prime spot, and then it would just be. 45 minutes of just this sports chalet he would just he would just take something that was in the ethos that we'd heard there was a sports chalet i take it to the limit and he just sprinkle it in throughout his set and by the end anytime he went sports chalet everyone's on the fucking floor i heard a story one time he's like uh, he was getting doing a college and he goes he's and by the way i i hate I, I had a I used to have a friend who like loved for you to talk about him and then all of a sudden one day was like fucking keep my name out of your mouth. What? Uh, I don't want to get into it. I but, know. Yeah, and so and so I never speak for I, and be, from that I learned a lesson: never speak for people, never tell the folklore stories I heard that I loved that I appreciated because those same people might find that as an insult. Um, but I will tell you a story that I heard from Dane that I'm not. 
if it's not true, it's not true. But I, Dane was at a college, and he goes, you want to see something amazing? This is before the show started. And they're like, yeah, what? He goes, just watch. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Dane Cook, he goes out on stage. He stands, the applause stops, and he just goes, pickles. <laughs> and the place goes fucking ape shit. Like, fucking 3,000 are like, pickles! Oh, pickles! My- yeah, it's. I remember... He does. He was like uh, the whole thing of keep it simple, stupid is just he was so smart about how wh- what he talked about. It was so relatable. I remember him doing a joke about uh, a girl. His girlfriend had rape fantasies because I've had girlfriends like that. I'm like, yeah. what are you into? She's like, oh, you know, I just want you to, you know, come and take me. And it's just like and he had a j- funny joke about am I raping you good? Am I g- raping you good? And I'm like, fuck. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. It just gets so. Uh, he was just really good at just. I don't want to call it pop comedy, but it is kind of pop comedy. It's like very broad strokes, unrelatable shit. That just he was a master of, and yeah, you know. And this is just me talking. It's like it is weird when you see kids are like, uh, f- uh, and you're like, you don't understand like how unfollowable he was at one point. <sighs> unfollowable is the. Is like the it's you're right, I'm, but I, but there like there was a, I think there's a I wouldn't say I think there's a time, but I think in that in that time, I think comedy was like I never saw anyone bomb like I, no one was bombing at the time. You Everyone were following was following me, dude. It was such an interest. <laughs> what I do right now is so much more open, <coughs> more in than what I did back when I started. When I started doing comedy twenty years ago, man, comedy was everything was Seinfeld. It was it was yeah. like observational clean comedy which i totally respect because i always say you have to be you when you're on stage you have to be you and i i generally believe that seinfeld's act is seinfeld and uh, you know i've seen interviews with him how he talks how he acts that's him he doesn't need my validation but i'm just saying that's why i really like seinfeld because i feel like he's a genuine dude on stage but i was like i like i guess you can call it scumbag shit but i've always been like really honest about my character defects and my my vices and all that stuff but back then nobody wanted to hear it now it's like yeah. a totally different thing like thanks to comedy central and the internet and it's just kind of changed where i think people like i think everybody has a little scumbag in them you know yeah. what i'm saying it's the and, internet it, what happened is so many people started putting out it's like making pizzas everyone start, was making cheese pizzas for a while and then you were like fuck man i like anchovies yeah and you just were like and and at one point the internet changed everything, and everyone's like, "Well, I actually like anchovies too," and I, I like the fact that there aren't just cheese pizzas. Yeah, I think it should be a wider range of everything, yeah. dude, and it should be an experience of who you are and all the weird. I mean, I, I, I'm doing a joke right now about smoking crack with this fucking silver robot guy in Hollywood, and how he wanted to <laughs> suck my dick, and I had to fight this cracked out robot <laughs> to stop him from sucking my dick. You know, and then, like that's the stuff I want to talk about. So, wait, when you got to the comedy, how old were you when you got to the comedy store? About twenty six. Okay, this and I'm is in my forties now. Probably ninety eight, ninety nine. It's uh, I'd say it's about two thousand. Okay, and then so what was like? Who was the big? I literally have never hung out of the store. I mean, it's it's a so regret because you were so store. I mean, if you I, talk, anybody- I talked to I talked to Rogan about it, and I said one night I were fucking did a show and. We're at the store. We're having a drink. I said, you know, I think if I had been, if I, I think if I had hung out at the store, I don't know if I'd be alive. And he was like, yeah, I don't think you would be. Yeah. He's like, he goes, I don't think I'd be friends with you. I've always said, you know, you're great at something when you change the rules, yeah. right? 
This is literally, I basically made it so they stopped giving comics free drinks. You know, I was such a, <laughs> a fucking alcoholic drug addict, just oh. doing blow, drinking and fucking at that place, that they had to take away free drinks there. I joined, I got in at the improv randomly. I don't know what was the fucking thing. I don't know why I wasn't, I didn't have a connect there. I just w- reached out and I said, I'd like to work here. I don't know why the improv. I don't know why I picked the improv. And I just said, I'll do anything. It was the, It's the beginning. It's something I'm going back to now, I think, in my life, is this uh, lose piety, play over piety, uh, and, and humility. I, don't, I do not – I got to a place where I fucking started to lose my humility. Like when that guy said to me, I don't know who you are. My humility was nowhere. My, my humility was everywhere last night. When I walked up last night, I was like – because I did a lot of soul searching – because I had to do a set again, and I and I had a hard time getting into the store. And I was like, just don't go back. Just call Red Band and say you're sick. And it doesn't matter. It's just That's a fucking so set. It's so crazy. It's so interesting, man. I've been trying to talk about that on stage. It's like, now that I'm in my 40s, it's such a blessing. Because it's like, you are who you are. Yeah. Like, through your 20s, you're like, I'm going to change the world. And then, like, in your 30s, like, I'm going to get paid. In your 40s, you're like, this is who I am. This yeah. is who I am. This is where I'm at. I don't give a shit. I can't I, change it. I can't be better. And and uh, And... And I'm and really deep down inside, I'm a very humble person. So I walked in last night and I went up to the guy at the front and I was like, I was like, this is what was fucking freak. This is a part that bothers me. I go, hi, my name is Burt Kreischer. I have a set. And whoever the guy's working the door goes, I know exactly who the fuck you are. And I was like, listen, I don't work here a lot. I don't know where I'm going. I don't. I really, honestly, Sam, I don't know the difference between the OR and the main room. I didn't know there was a difference. Yeah. I was like, when they said main room, I went, wait, what? What's the other room? I was like, I know they got the belly room. I know they got the main room, and then is the room with the glass, is that the OR? That's the OR. And so I didn't know where I was going, and I said to the guy, I go, I don't know where I'm going. He goes, oh, okay. So he points me back that way. So he goes, then I got to go past through the line of people, and people are recognizing me. And then I go into the next bouncer. I'm like, fuck, here we go again. This is where I get stopped. And I go, hey, my name is Bert. And he goes, I know who you are, Bert. Uh, you just head right back there. And I was like, holy shit. I walked back. I knew fucking everyone. Bobby Lee rolls in, one of the fucking greatest dudes alive. Just such a monster. He comes in and he's like, what's up, Bert? And I barely know Bobby just through emails. And I'm like, oh, my God. I felt so comfortable. And then I had a great set and I fucking left. I was like, do not fucking tempt your fate, Bert. Don't hang out until 2. You know just who get you the fuck home. Of? Ron White. Ron White was like that. He didn't really? come around forever, and then he kind of showed up a little bit. And now, anytime he's in town, he loves to hang out. Yeah, I, I really, I had a great time, and it was fun watching it. And the it's a private club, dude, where comedians can be comedians. It's a private club. It's different. It's more elite than the Friars Club. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. And like, here's the problem with the comedy store. It's like it's such an amazing club. It is literally the world's greatest comedy club. You can bang. It's like that in the cellar. You know, they're, they're the two best, and, yeah. you know, it, it's both are just effing amazing, fucking amazing, you know. My problem was I was there for so long. It's like when you're getting so many spots at the World's Greatest Comedy Club, it can be like you can get stuck there. And I was there for so long because I was just getting such good spots. I was working all the time. I was making fucking a little bit of scratch here. I was doing a bunch of sponsorship stuff, so I was making money. I wasn't on the road. So now that was the weird thing. It's like all you guys were fucking destructive on stage, but none of you guys left. Like all you guys wanted to stay at the store. And like I feel like the improv comics, all of us that started over there were like, we're like, I got to get on the fucking road because we were tied into the improv so we could get like, right. hey, can I host in Brea? Can I host in Irvine? Right. Yeah, like, I'm, looking, I'm thinking problem. of you, 
Ernst. Up until recently, Sebastian never did the fucking road. Sebastian Caparulo, I guess Caparulo does the road. Caparulo and Sebastian did the road forever, you know, but uh, uh, my, and Maz did. But a lot of people just stayed there for fucking Ari, Ari Joey. was there forever. He would only go out with, uh, you know, with Rogan. Rogan was there forever. Rogan was there for a very long time. It wasn't until he had that fallout, which I think I was talking to was like the greatest thing to happen to him as much as it probably hurt. Yeah. It forced him to go out, you know. So now I'm like kind of just catching up and going on the road. And I'm doing this big tour coming up called the Man Heat Tour, Punchlines and Slow Grinds. And I'm doing like uh, <laughs> two weeks of... of uh, <laughs> The Northeast, I'm going like punchlines and slow grinds. It's, uh, it's are you making shirts? Yeah, we're gonna. I'm working on it, but it's me, <laughs> Chad Zumok, and we're doing like we're Chad going. Chad Zumok's like, fucking hilarious. You know, so he's gonna love hearing that because he's like, I was telling him, I'm like, he's like, you gotta get on some podcasts to promote the show. I'm like, I will. I'm like, I'm going to do Chrysler's. He's like, oh man, I hear nothing but great things about Chrysler, and you know. Him and I are good. We Chad and I have been good friends. We both kind of had dance with our demons for a while. We yeah. both, uh, you know, done a, wreaked a lot of havoc <laughs> partying, and uh, so we're both sober, and we're both kind of gonna go do this fun, crazy, weird show. We're going to like uh, Buffalo. We're doing Helium, Funny Bones in Syracuse. We're doing Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland, uh, Rochester, you know, just all these different things. It's All the tours are available on samtriple.com. You can see where I'm coming through. But it's the 19th through the 30th, and I'm just and going. And you doing, in, like, one nights? One night in different cities every night. That's the way to do it. And just driving, dude, and just boom, different you city, really? different city, different city, different city, all within that northeast to just kind of just start kicking ass. It's like the comedy store is a great place. It's a, it's my, I love that I went to the comedy store, but I got – addicted to that nipple and i didn't want to get off it so now i'm trying to get out there and just do some more stuff and free up a couple spots for some newcomers at the comedy store so they can learn the kung fu man i've been baptism by fire dude rogan dice eddie griffin for the first three- fucking they said surprise guest last night it was martin lawrence really there was a surprise guest martin fucking lawrence i was blown away i was like Martin fucking Lawrence is here. I, I I left. Nate Diaz was at the show. Nate Diaz, who dude? How big is that dude? I'm six foot. I didn't see him. I wish I had known he was there. I would have fucking stayed. He's about two inches taller than me. So that guy's six two. Man, he fights at one fifty five. I would have to cut off <laughs> legs to fight at one fifty five. I don't know how he does it, dude. I that can't. guy is huge. I uh, I they apparently like he was at the show. I would have loved. To, I would have if I had known he was. I, I someone said he was at the show, but I don't think I heard it. I think I was like, "Oh yeah," and I guess I forgot. And I just was like, "I gotta get the fuck out of here." I wish you were here next week. I wanted you to do my naughty show. It's gonna be a big. Um, what show. day? It's Wednesday. Uh, I think I leave for Edmonton. Fuck yeah, we're doing it next week in the main room. Not, it's during Expiz weekends. Like you know how you have the AVNs? Well, their competition is Expiz, and they have their big uh, convention. In Andes, that's next door to the comedy store. So the whole oh, week, really? it's just like a porn star beehive. And every year, I do like a naughty show right in the uh, in the main room. So they all come from there and they come into the comedy store. It was so funny. And it's another thing about like Joe Rogan and and Brian Redband show. It's like such fun party people show up. Dude, there were uh, I saw on Kate Q funny. I say Kate Q Kate funny. Quigley. I say Kate Q funny because that's what I follow her on yeah, Periscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her on Kate's uh, Periscope that there were two porn stars there last yeah, night. Yeah, I was right there with them, dude. My friend uh, Kayla Page and my friend, uh, and then this girl I met, uh, Akira Blue. Asakira Blue, something like that. Yeah. I don't even know, but 
I've known Kay, I've known uh, Kayla Page, the one porn star, for years. She hasn't she doesn't do it anymore. But like she had the funny thing about her is she would do all my naughty show videos, and she has like legit comedy timing in her delivery. Like really? I could put her in any video, and she would deliver the punchline. She got she got like mainstream agent the signer because of how she acted in my video. She was like legit really? funny, dude. These porn stars, and she's just so, she reminds me so much of my, myself because I would bring her on the road with me to do naughty shows, and she would just murder, dude. Really? Her pole dancing, her burlesque dancing, her comedy on would murder, and then nobody would know who she was. And I'm like, I can relate to that, dude. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> this is me. That's how I feel. But, it, man, it was fun, dude. It's like, yeah, we're doing naughty shows all over the place. I'm trying to do some new live streaming shit. Like, so wait, what do you got? Like, because like, I feel like I have too many... Uh, I've I've too many things going on. I'm doing the vlog. I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing TV. I'm trying to develop something for TV. I'm doing stand up. Like, what do you like? Where? Because I look at Ari and I go, Ari's got it dialed in. It's stand up and his podcast. That's it. Yeah. I was talking to Rogan last night about it. He goes, he's he's. I'm not going to speak for him. But he's like, I think you have too much shit going on. He's like, you know, when you got and it's true. Like they called me with this show idea. And I'm working on this story for Ari's show. And as soon as they call me with the show idea, I start daydreaming about that and not my set that I'm, I have to do that night. Right. And I was like, I got to fucking call them back and go, I can't talk to you right now. I got to get this set there's, fucking dialed There's in. always a saying that you should, when you're writing a project, you should f- finish writing that project, then move on to your next project. But, you know, I do two podcasts. I'm now starting this uh, video uh, blog ranting show. But, you know, I see it like more like I've always wanted to do radio, and I just see it as like if I was a radio, a big radio guy, let's say Colin Coward, I yeah. am going into my radio show Monday through Friday doing three hours each thing. So I kind of see like each one of my podcasts, my videos is just another day of me going to work, you know? Yeah. So it's not really like I, I feel like I'm too busy because... I love creating. I love writing. I love, I'm like, I'm clinically insane, dude. I can't turn my brain fucking off. So the best thing to do is just use it and keep writing and writing and keep writing weird shit. And it's just like, you know, I'm writing. I want to, you know, I really like, I've learned to like, I really like writing for other people. Like I've, I I didn't want to do that first because I had a fucking horrible ego, but now I really like writing for people, man. And it's like, I've been writing digital series for people because that's kind of how these kids they haven't made. Like when we were young, dude, it's like there's like three channels. There was there was one camera you could buy if you wanted to make anything, but still you had to shoot on tape. Yeah. It was the Canon G2, I think was I have one. I ended up buying one. And <clears throat> and you had to use that because it would translate to television. Regular video cameras didn't translate to television. Nowadays, I mean, I went I mean, talk you want and uh, like just to put it in perspective, I drove this. I saved up money. It was $1,200. I drove to Sammy's cameras. I got the G thing, and still the audio sucked because it was in thing. So I had to buy like a, 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 a Roby or whatever mic attachment, a boom mic. And so now I got everything dialed in. And even still editing it, you had to plug it into your f- computer and let you had to let all of it play. To upload, you had to let it all play. And then, fuck, it was so painstaking to make a video. The other day, I went on Amazon Prime. I ordered a camera that was like 400 500 bucks. It showed up the same fucking day with a memory card. By drone? I shot a fucking, I shot a vlog and just posted it. I was like, 
what the fuck, man? So it's easy a different. Now. It's a different world. It's a different world, and you know. You know, Kay Quigley's one of my very good friends. Like, a long time she called me up. She's like, oh, should I do this bikini thing where I show up everywhere? I'm like, it's about to get Wild West out there. Yeah. Do whatever you can. The whole point of this now is how many people can you bring to the big paid project, yeah. whether it's television or movies. So get those fans however the fuck you can. It's aggregating. If, it's like if, if Hollywood knew the two bro, two chicks and a cup chicks could bring 50 million people to a, a, a fucking a, a, a ABC drama, they yeah. would hire the two chicks, one cup girls. Yeah. I always wanted to do where are they now with the two chicks, one cup. Yeah, where are they? Yeah, what they are, can't be good. They can't, they can't be good. <laughs> but you got to think good. this is the number one video of all time on the internet. You should have been like that. Should have been spun into oh, something. Oh, should have spun. I literally just today. I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna post this video online. I was like, you know, I'm reading David Spade's book. I should place it right there. And my, if I'm gonna do that, I might as well put my book next to it. I was like, God forbid this goes viral. Maybe David Spade gets a hit, and I get a hit because of him. Like, yeah, it's, why not? It's so funny the the how different. Everything's changed. When did you start doing the vlog, and what's the vlog about? I just started it. I, li- I like I couldn't get my computer. I had to set up the. See, I had a YouTube account a long time ago w- yeah. when the Naughty Show first started. That had millions of hits, and that and this was only like seven years ago. And that doesn't sound like that long ago, but in terms of entertainment and the internet, that is the dark ages of the internet. Yeah. Seven years ago, so YouTube came and just got rid of all my shit. I. W- you know, I was on Death Squad, and Death Squad's one of the greatest things ever, especially from you know in terms of helping my career. Yeah, it's an amazing you know. But there were also player haters who hated some of the stuff on. So I just get people flagging my shit constantly. Wow. And after a while, YouTube's like, "You're done," and they swiped all like mil- like three million views off this oh, new kind of channel I had, and I was just like, so I got really discouraged. So I didn't do it forever. Well. I, I love ranting. Like, I love to rant. So I do a couple of rant podcasts, and everybody loved it. But I was like, I don't want to do three podcasts. How can I do something different? So I said, you know, I'm going to do a YouTube channel where I rant once a week, every Thursday at this time. I'm going to pick five subjects and try to rant for an hour and just go off. On, and people seem to like it. So I just started last week. I just put up one like video about dog pants, how people are fighting about dog pants on the internet, like whether it should be all four legs or just the hind legs. And it's obviously, it's all about your cock and balls. The whole point <laughs> of pants is to cover your cock and balls. So, and then it's like, how do you market this thing? That's the whole thing. Like, what do you got to put in there that gets people to look at it? Yeah. And again, it goes back to keep it simple, stupid. Dog pants. People like to talk dog pants, you know? I'm going to go off on making it a murderer probably tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Have you seen that I, yet? Don't bring it up. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I, I'm in the two-week where it started. I started hearing about it two, uh, like a week and a half ago, and I'm in that spectrum of like right now everyone's, and I got to watch it now or it's or the Statue of Limitations is up. You got to Yeah, yeah. It. That's how I've, I'm going to see Star Wars tonight. Oh, the Statue of Limitations came up on that uh, Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're, you're allowed to say whatever you're you want? To say, yeah, Doug Benson was like, we, I did the Douglas movies. He was like, oh, no, the Statue of Limitations is up. We're going to talk about it. And he just, they just, and by the way, I, there were parts I didn't know about the movie because I was with Patton and Doug. Yeah. And and uh, it might, might be one of the top five podcasts I've ever done is that episode of Douglas Patton Oswald? Patton Oswald. That guy's an, a mercenary, like just a murderer. He's so fast. He's so quick. He, I was wearing, I was wearing a sweatshirt, like a hooded sweatshirt, uh, a, a North Face vest, 
and a ski cap. And I guess I just looked like a hundred different references that he had in his pocket. And he, I mean, was so goddamn quick. It was, I, I, it was, and I think that's what everyone loved about it is, is Patton making fun of me for 30 fucking minutes. Th- anytime I'd say something, he would then drop a brand new reference. He's so smart. I, I, then I was, I, the best thing I've ever done is I was like, at the end of the thing, I was like, and thank, I appreciate Patton wanting to be on my podcast. And, <laughs> and so he came up to me after he's like, I'll be on your podcast. Just text That's me. great. Yeah, a gun recognizes a gun. I love that saying. He's, gun recognizes a gun. A gun recognizes a gun. You know, you just know when you watch somebody like, that's one of the best. And there was one of these, when I used to be in Vegas, when I first moved to Vegas, within like the first three, four years, every week there was a new gun in town. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, another guy who would just go up there and just fucking floor the Were room. people showing up to Vegas, like, with chops? No, Vegas is a totally different thing. When I was in L.A., I would say that Vegas is like, Vegas now has a really nice scene. I just think some of the comics don't hustle enough. They just, you got to grind hard. But there's so many stage times. They just opened another comedy club. So there's like five or six comedy clubs. There's so many places to work. And I yeah. think Vegas is going to eventually become an artist community where because these, co- these casinos, they have like three or four stages in each casino. And now instead of having one show per stage, they now have a different show every two hours. So there's so many, there's so much opportunity to get up there. I'm trying to get back to Vegas. Really? I want to be, I want to do the road and do Vegas. Like my dream is a late night, like Don Rickles show where I could just flamethrow people. How great would that be? I just want to do it, man. Charge. Dude, it's like Vegas. I do a comedy club. I'm like, how much are tickets? Like 40 bucks. I'm like, you're charging 40 bucks. People want to pay it. If you go to Vegas and like, hey, this show's twenty dollars, like something's wrong with that show. Yeah, know? that is the crazy part is that if you, they don't ask a price, a premium for the ticket, people think they're not getting their money's worth. Yeah, so they're like, oh, I'll pay forty five dollars, see a, a twenty dollars show. Oh, I'd love to get a room in Vegas and like I used to love, uh, I used to love. Did you ever do Joaquin and? Uh, yeah, I just and- did their show this week. Oh really? They got a new room. It's in the it's in the L A. Uh, it's in the Stratosphere. It's called the L A. Comedy Club. And I just did it. It's in the and stratosphere? Yeah, it's great, dude. Really? It's like almost like they took the OR at the comedy store and did a mini version of it. it did you just smell your feet? I did, did just you smell, just smell my your feet. feet? Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. I smell my nuts all the time. I'm like, okay, we're not <laughs> Something doing that came bad. out from I'm between my toes, that. and I was like, oh, I got to find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, you yeah. didn't taste it. Yeah. <laughs> at least you didn't taste it. <laughs> Wait, uh, I love those guys. We did. I got. We, they, I didn't, they didn't. They never fucked me over, but there was one time where. where I, you know, they were. It was when they were trying to move things around, and they were short on money one week, and and uh, they, well, the reason they're good now is because they get the bar. If yeah. a comedy club owner doesn't get the bar, it's always going to be weird on checks. Yeah, and 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 I never had any ill feelings towards no, them, great. and they were never they were never uh, dicks to me, and they were very upfront. Like, listen, we do not have it right now. When we get it, we'll pay you. And they're good, and dude. They were good, and but my wife's one of those people that was like. She's once, an elephant. She once, never forgets. Once someone didn't a check didn't go through, and this is more like back when we like not. Say, I'm not saying we don't need money now, but we re, like if I went on the road, we were out of pocket. Well, th- I've always said that about you know. It's like there's it's some comics and that it's like, give me that check, dog. I need yeah. that check because bills are going to need to get paid, man. No, they they got this little room. It's called the LA Comic. I just did it, and like on a Monday night, it was packed. It's yeah. like it's packed all the time, and it's like it's dark. Comedy clubs need to be like strip bars, man. 
pitch black so yeah. nobody sees what's really going on and you could go fucking off on people yeah. and they like the when a room's really bright like the laugh factory it's so bright if you do an, a really dark dirty joke which makes people laugh but they don't want anyone to know they're laughing at that joke yeah. it ruins the vibe a dark room people are like ha 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 and nobody sees who's laughing yeah, at that, what it's the reason office parties at comedy clubs suck it's because when you're like, you ever eat an ass? And everyone's like, whoa, that's my boss right yeah, there. that's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got one of the first gigs I ever did, Jason Galern. Do you know Jason Galern? Yeah. Oh, one of the greatest human beings on the planet. Dude, one of the great. He he goes, hey, man, I got this gig for you. I, I was supposed to do it. I can't do it. It's $500. And I was so young. 500 bucks. I'm there. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. You got to go to Arizona. Okay. You gotta, you're doing stand-up for accountants on a moving bus. That's going from Phoenix to Laughlin, Nevada, and you got to entertain them. And I'm like, five hundred bucks? Phoenix I don't give to a Laughlin, shit. Laughlin, Nevada. Yeah, I'm going. I'm interstate on a gig. Okay, I get up there. They're like, it's listen, man. This is a corporation. It's our corporate gig. You got to work clean. I'm like, what? Why am I here? Fuck. Why that. am I here? So they're like, we're clean. So I started just doing stand, and then I ran out all my clean stuff. I started doing, and I'm bombing, dude. I am bombing. Bob, I'm trying to think of friends jokes. Like, what's a clean friend? I'm doing, I'm doing Nick Swartzen's <laughs> jokes. I'm bombing. I am bombing, dude. I eat. They're like, just sit down, okay? Yeah. Does anybody want to do stand up? So they all took turns doing stand up. They're like, and it was all like, you ever been to Bob's cubicle? What's up with all those pictures, <laughs> Bob? How many kids do you have? <sighs> Bob, how many kids do you have? Oh, he's talking to Bob. One woman goes, he's funnier than the comic. I'm like, I'm in the room. you Because know? I, I bombed before. Yeah. I can get my car, go home, lick my wounds. I'm going cross state lines with people who hate me, dude. There's no getting out of it. It was awful, dude. It was awful. Did you ever hear Bill Burr's story? of he? I, I don't know if it's – I'm almost certain it's Bill. He They had – stand up and they a company did and they give him tickets to a fucking playoff game for the yankees but he had to do comedy on the bus and yeah i've heard about those things and it's just fucking just i've just fucking sucks dick i corporate every corporates always pay well but like i never it's not my sweet spot and it's not the thing i like doing it's almost like if they hired I'm not saying I'm Picasso, but if they hired Picasso to paint a house. Yeah. Like, I'm not a house painter. Yeah. I, I understand that I paid someone to paint my house. Yeah. I understand it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I, but I'm not a house it's painter. different kind of painting. It's a different kind of painting. I can, I, I can fucking paint my pictures, and that's all I really like doing. Have you ever met a comic named Jason Rouse? Yes! Rouse is a great example of this guy. Got He got hired to do a Vegas gig. And if you know Rouse, you know his comedy. No, but describe Jason Rouse to everyone. He is like He's shaved like, head, gold teeth. Shaved head, gold grills. Yeah. White dude. Everywhere, white dude. White fucking guy, Canadian. Uh, death metal comic. De- death metal. Just leathers, fucking hood, Lethal rings. fast, though. Like, when you talk to him, he's on fire, dude. Yeah. But he's one of the true last Mohicans. Yeah, really, one hundred percent murderer, murder, murderer. He gets hired to do a gig at the like M Hotel in Vegas for elderly people, and he bombs. The guy who books him (laughs) loses the gig. Are you serious? Yells at Jason. Hey, you cost my family money. So two weeks later, I'm going to Vegas and I'm trying to do find a place to do a naughty show in Vegas. I meet with this guy. He goes, yeah, I book a lot of shows. I book, uh, you know, the M Hotel. I go, hold on. 
are you the guy that booked Jason Rouse? He's like, yeah. Did you book Jason Rouse for a clean show? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you just Googled his face, you'd be like, this probably is the wrong guy for that yeah. show. He goes, he signed a contract to be clean. I go, that's not him, man. There are clean comics out there. You hired. And it doesn't work that way. It, it never works that way where they go, you get a phone call, listen, can you work clean for one hour? Yeah. No comic that does, like, I'd be like, no. What happens is they go, we got you a gig. It's in dot, dot, dot. It, it's some price point that you've never, you're getting 20 grand and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Really? And they're like, yeah, are you in? And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm in. All right, great. All you got to do is like 45 minutes. You're like, great. Then you get there. And they give you a beat sheet of what you're not allowed to talk about. And you're like, fuck. And it makes sense for 20 grand or whatever the fucking high price is. Yeah, I understand. I probably can't talk about fucking pussy farts. But you didn't need to put that on a bullet point. (laughs) I had a gig one time. I had a gig one time. They said, don't. And and I'm never going to say the name of this company. They go, don't talk about the fact that it's all men here. Don't talk about the fact that they're all millionaires. Don't talk about the fact that they're all white. Don't point out that someone isn't white. Don't point out that, and they're like, what we want you to do is celebrate being rich. I'm like, I'm not fucking rich. And they're like, no, like, celebrate being rich. Talk about doing rich people things. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And it was more money than I'd ever been offered. And I just went up and ate a dick for an hour did they check cash check cash all matters we got done and the guy bunch of the guys that worked there they were like your set was okay we just want to party with you i was like what they're like we just want to party with the machine yeah like i got i I got up and then first thing out of their mouth tell the machine story like by the way this is a a company they're like tell the machine story and i go i'll get to it and they're like nope tell it now these are fucking millionaires (laughs) they do not want to be told what to do tell it now i tell the machine story okay all right he's done (laughs) like that's 10 minutes of a fucking hour set and then i went and partied with them all night long and that's all they really wanted is to fucking party of course i broke all the rules i fucking pointed out the one indian guy fucking talked about the one black guy as long as it goes well they don't care but they just want to lay that down in case it doesn't go bad doesn't go well, and they could be like, "We fucking told you." Yeah, and and they were really cool. Uh, they were they were really cool. But I can tell you a hundred with a hundred percent certainty, I did not, I did not have my best hour on stage. It was it was tough. I still have the. Yeah, but I you're only comparing it against you what you normally do. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of stand up too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had it was, weird. Sex. It was mediocre. Like, it was we gen- just do? genuinely mediocre. At best, best case scenario, they're like he was okay, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun though. I mean, it was a, it's an interesting story. I, you know? I don't give a shit. I break everything down to uh, sex worker brackets. Like, am I making crackhead hand job money? Am I making stripper money? Am I making escort money? If yeah. I'm making escort money, if I'm making money that rich men pay hot chicks to fuck them for, I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah. You know. And if you just go up and you're doing a clean, you gotta do a clean show. I could do a clean show. I can just crowd work to the end of days. Yeah. And what always happens is the crowd wants me to go filthy. Yeah. Because it's real and it's not. I did uh, the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club and like, they're like, don't talk dirty. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. And I just started interviewing this couple, this elderly couple of about 75 each. All they wanted to talk about was how much fucking they're doing. They just these well, old it's like, people. It's like, yeah, someone's putting parameters on a group of people that haven't asked for the parameters. I mean, sometimes they do ask for the parameters. Sometimes they're like... I went and did, uh, I'm doing it again. I, once again, I won't say the name of the company, but I'm doing it again. I went in and I was like, and they're like, you know, you got to be clean. Uh, you're doing like 10 minutes. I was like, I can do 10 minutes clean. 
and they're like, and you know, they give you some guidelines, and then I get there and I meet the president of the company. He goes, "It's my fucking company. If I don't laugh, then you're not coming back." And he goes, "I don't give a fuck what you talk about. Talk about anything. Just make me laugh." And I was like, "Done." I went up. First fucking joke I tell is this joke about Isla putting her finger in her ass. Place goes fucking nuts, and he's just sitting there, man. And you, got, I got to give it to this guy. Uh, hopefully, this never gets back to him. Not, not that I'm saying anything bad, but like. I don't know if he was doing this on purpose, that's why, but man, you know what he did? The president of the fucking company, he stood up out of his seat like Robert De Niro in fucking Cape Fear and started laughing hard as fuck. And the second he laughed, everyone was like, it doesn't matter, no rules, our president's laughing, we're all having a good time. It's all good. He was like, he was a fucking, I looked at him do that and I went, this is a really great guy. He just made my fucking week, my my day fucking brilliant. And that's I, a gangster right dude, there. Dude, I fucking, I said... I said he came up to me the next day and he was like, "You fucking killed. You made me laugh." And he was like, uh, "Every fucking year for the rest of your life, we want you here." And I was like, "Jesus, I was that's like, a great gig." Fuck. And it was like, man, that guy. I remember thinking I learned a lot from that guy because he he knew everyone's names that were, he worked with. He knew everyone's names. He took the time to fucking take moments to share with them. It's like the way Rogan does it with like with, with fans. Rogan literally goes. I'm going to fucking take a picture with every single person that wants to take a picture. I've never seen it like that before. Like when yeah. I used to gig with him, dude, one step through an airport, picture, another step, picture, another I mean, step, picture, another yeah. step. And he always was really nice, man. I couldn't do, you know, man, I love Joe Rogan, man. He's done more for comedy than anybody I know. I could not do his job. I could not do where every word that comes out of my mouth is overanalyzed to the end of days. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I, I like being under so the radar. I like being under the radar. Like, like the fact that I know that even the stuff we're saying right now, like a lot of people hear it, but we're never going to get held to the fire for it. Yeah. We could say whatever the fuck we want. No one's going to, we're not getting fired for anything we're saying, but man, I listen, I said that about, uh, Jesse, man, I were sitting there last night. He said something like he's, we were like, it's, I love that he's unapologetic for who he is. And he says things that, that in a, out of a different mouth might be like I, I would be like I would be like I don't know man like it's 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 ballsy it's like ballsy like he did this thing and he goes he's like uh I'm talking about his daughters he's like I'm turning into a bitch and it's just it's like I don't give a fuck that you could analyze that nine ways from Sunday on fucking some alternative talk show of yeah. what I just said this is what I'm fucking feeling yeah and I, it was like but Jesse and I were like both sitting there going like I fuck. That's what I love about his stand-up. It's just it's, it's fucking it's him. It's real, and he's just one of those guys that like the punchline is the exact perfect punchline for what he's coming up with. When you hear great, yo, that's a great. Print. Ah, that could be a better punch. Not with Rogan. Everything is completely and utterly the best punchline you could have at that moment. Yeah, he's uh, he's and he was total stream of conscious last night. Like, like you, you have a fedora on there. You are a man of many hats, right? That's what that's what Rogan is. Yeah. Like he has to he has to remember whatever he's saying is determined by what hat he's wearing at that time. As a stand up, he can say crazier shit, but as a UFC commentator, he has to watch what he said. Like yeah, everything is uh, like another like hats like the stuff they got in trouble with for saying about Cyborg, you know, it's like Christine Cyborg when Tony Hinchcliffe's like, yeah, she's the only one to cut weight by cutting off her dick. I understood why she got upset because Joe Rogan is the John Madden of that sport. Like, he is. What did Tony Hinchcliffe say? She cut weight by cutting off her dick? Yeah. 
There's this uh, Christina Cyborg is this amazing fighter. She's a chick, but she has like man skills, you know, like yeah, in a I've lot of her. different ways. And I like her fights, and I can understand why her feelings were hurt. I mean, I understand why. Well, you forget she's a person, also. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know how to explain it. It's like if you're doing stand-up and the head of Comedy Central goes on a podcast and racks you a little bit. Yeah. You're like, oh, man. That's the guy who decides everything. It's like, <laughs> you know, I know I'm a comedian. I'm dead on the inside. But that that hit the last nerve left, oh, you know? so funny, yeah. But Rogan's smart enough to go out and make it a po- Like, he's so self-aware. that It's really amazing. And it's like... I was kind of hoping Cyborg and uh, Ronda Rousey would end up fighting. I, they still may. But, you know, it's like, I think I think the UFC as you know, Dan White's such an interesting person because, you he know. He really fucking is. He's so, because he literally created a billion dollar industry. I remember, I remember in college getting high as fucking going, I want to create a sport. Me and my buddy Eddie were like, let's create a sport. And so we literally free form, just try to think of how we could create a sport. Yeah. Dana White created a sport. Out of nowhere, dude. Another American-made sport. I know it's the Gracies, but they made it in the America. Gracies, yeah, the Gracies, basically, and they were I American guess. American at the time. But Dana White, it's like, look, you can say Nate Howard Naismith or whatever created basketball, but yeah, and I'm not. By the way, I'm not taking away from the Gracies whatsoever, but it's it's Dana took it to the next. level. Dana took it to the next level and said, "No, I believe in this shit. I I love this shit. It's this just, is my. This is what." I will dedicate my life to. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know Dana's story, but I do know the one I have in my head. Like, I'm a fucking Boston bouncer yeah. who fucking got punched in the head a bunch, and fuck it, this is my ticket. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do this. And he still has that aggressive mentality well, of that's like. That's why people love him. It's like, it's why do people like Trump, regardless of I'm not making any. Com- yeah, you know, I know I'm not picking anything right now. I don't, I don't vote for either of the parties. And, I know. Anyways, but the point is, like, why do they like Dana White? Because he's just so fucking honest. He's real. Which is why people like Donald Trump, as much as they might hate his politics, they, we're just so used to getting lied to by yeah. our politics. That someone's just like, no, nah, I don't like that. I'm going to fuck them over. I'm a ba-. And you're like, well, at least we we got somebody shooting from the hip. That's Dana White. Now, I, so I, I only say that because, like, who am I to critique Dana White? I've never created a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. But what I will say is, like, I feel like they missed the ball sometimes, and they should have they should have promoted Christina Cyborg. That's another female that is a murderer yeah. that they could have made a brand out of, but they were so protective of Ronda Rousey, and I get it. It's like when Ronda Rousey's like, I'm hosting Saturday Night Live. That's everywhere. She gets into places that John Jones, they wouldn't, Ellen, they'd never have so John Jones do you on think, Ellen. Do you, think they, do, you think that, do you think that they looked at it and they were like, we need to create one star and we need to protect that star as opposed to create, like, it's better to have the Celtics for them as opposed to the Celtics and the Pacers, which are playing really well as well, but everyone wants the Celtics to win anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they didn't know what they had and that female MMA is the most unique thing in that it's the first time you can have women competing against women but in, in an event dominated by men. You know, it's like the closest you had Danica Patrick, but she never won anything. Yeah. But here you could put because she's going up against guys, whether a woman can win NASCAR or not. That's not what I'm discussing. I'm talking about you were able to put a woman in an event that had all men where she dominated people in spectacular form that people were like, whoa, what's this unicorn? And then because, women, you know, the most amazing study ever moment that just changed entertainment was 
when they discovered that women are 70% of the buying power. So they know that uh, at home, the people they really give a fuck about are the women. They're going to yeah. go to the store and buy everything. <laughs> That's so interesting you're saying this. You know, The only fight my wife has ever wanted to buy was the Ronda Rousey fight. And my wife does not like UFC. Like she was, she has no interest in Conor McGregor. Although we ended up buying that fight, she didn't watch the fight. She, I mean, it was pretty quick, but she didn't watch the fight. But when we were over at our friend's house, the Gruzin, she was like, she was like, "Are we going to get the Ronda Rousey fight?" And I was like, "I was like, we're at someone else's house." I mean, and I told him, I said, "Hey, if you buy it, I'll pay. I'll pay for it." And my buddy Eric's like, "Seriously, you know what else that fight did is when she got beat, it put there's an there's like an empathy." That sometimes is numb to me when you watch, like when I watch Jose Aldo get Jose Aldo get fucking knocked out. I wasn't like, oh my god, like I was like, yeah. But when Ronda got knocked out, everyone was like, fuck, man. I just watched someone get, I like, it's almost like you could taste it again. Well, it's all, it's also like at the end of the day, it's like we don't like seeing women get beat up. I mean, it's just the truth, and then we could be like, men are equal, women are equal. At the yeah. end of the day, nobody likes. There was uh, nobody likes to see a woman get beat up, and there was another fight. This Joanna Champion, Jezuschek, whatever her name is, she's the one fifteen. I, I call them the violent stick figures. She's the one fifteen champion. And she was taking on this girl Carla. I, I don't know her last name, but Joanna Champion, Joanna Violence destroyed this chick, and it was hard to watch this <laughs> Velociraptor. Beat the shit out of this fucking this chick. Just, I mean, dude, you go back, you like, oh, oh, and every you could hear the whole the whole place got quiet, and everyone's like, oh my, oh, dude, stop yeah. the fight, because at the end of the day, nobody wants to see girls get. I mean, like, and we and I, listen, people sign up for this shit, you know, but it's still hard to watch. So when Ronda gets knocked out, and just I and I was at Sales Comedy Hole listening, watching it, and I was like, I just yelled. Watch for the head kick, and just within two seconds, because that's what Holly Holm does. Yeah. She's just a vicious. She's a dominator of everything. She she's been a champion in boxing. When's she gonna fight boxing. again? What? When does she fight next? She's gonna pro. They they were trying to make her hold off to to fight Ronda, but now they're gonna have her probably fight um, Cupcake. Uh, I forget what the chick's name is, but uh, she's they're probably gonna have her fight Cupcake. Misha Tate, Misha Tate, and. That should be a good. Fight. I mean, I would like to see. I'd rather see Holly Holm versus Cyborg. I think that's a fucking insane fight. Fuck Holly yeah. Holmes is a real deal, man. Real deal, man. She's been fighting championship stuff for a while. And when the when Dana White's like, no, they're gonna have a rematch. I'm like, Dana, you're killing a cash cow. Yeah, you're killing this cash cow. You got to give her time to practice. Now, here's the thing. Ari and I have a a bag of bets from our punch drunk. Yeah. And it's basically like I believe Holly Holmes will win the rematch. He's taken, he's taken uh, Ronda Rousey. Loser has to reenact gay porn. Like we, uh, we, we, we're gonna write out a gay porn scene that we have to <laughs> reenact, and it could get as crazy as possible oh, on the podcast. Oh, we do all stuff. I lost a bet to Ari. I had to take uh, boner pills and ecstasy and watch two hours of gay pornography, like on ecstasy and boner pill. And we did it live streamed it so people could call in and tell me what porn to watch. And it was all like compilation porn. So it was oh. just, just fucking fountains of man, just, just shooting on everybody. And I had to do two hours of that, man. It was rough, dude. Oh, how long have you guys been doing uh punch drunk? Four years. Holy, and it's you, Teeb and Ari. Yeah. How's Teeb doing? 
Team's doing great, man. He's I think doing I ran a, into him recently. He was at the store last night. I was been. He's doing out. great, man. He's doing great. You know, everybody's got their own journey, and he's doing great. And he's literally one of the fastest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. There's I love no. He's just the funny. sweetest guy, and he's so honest and so vulnerable. That podcast he did with Ari about his drinking was one of the fucking best podcasts I've ever some trauma you know there's some people like that like Brett Ernst I always said is a, a good looking guy with ugly people problems I always yeah. said that like he's been through some trauma that's why they're funny yeah you know what I'm saying like you'd be amazed at how similar comics and porn stars are dude I know we I haven't had Brett on the podcast and I've never had Brett on the podcast I gotta have him on the podcast Brett Ernst? yeah he is he is He's one of the sweetest guys alive, genuinely. But man, we did a show together that it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever done. And I spent like a weekend partying with him and doing this show. And I don't think I've ever laughed more at a person that wasn't trying to make me laugh. Just literally, just naturally funny. F- funny when he wasn't trying to be funny and funny when he was trying he to be funny. He is a hilariously dark human being. Like, if yeah. you li- like the shit that goes through his life, like... He's so fu- he's got stories for days. He really does. Days, dude, like crazy shit. You're like, how are you still alive? Shit, you know? Yeah. And have you seen his wife? No. Oh my god, the guy knocked it out of the park, dude. Really? You're like Jesus Christ, I couldn't date that hot. I couldn't marry that hot. I would. I would be like, where are you going? Where are you going? Because you just know <laughs> she's fucking kicking dicks away all day, everywhere she goes. Dicks thrown at, dick thrown, dick thrown, <laughs> dick, thrown, and you just gotta hope she's a goalie, good enough goalie, stop from anybody scoring, dude. What's he doing? Is he on the road these days? He road dogs it a lot. Really? Yeah, he's road dogging, and he's like pitching. He's just like us, dude, pitching, trying to sell some stuff. I just yeah. feel like this is a great time to be a comedian in LA. It's a great time to make shit. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss real quick. All right. Tell everyone about your tour. Tell them where they can go. I'm just gonna piss outside. Okay. In- inform everybody. Okay. I love that you're pissing outdoors. I feel like nobody does that enough. I feel like people... Dude, I like to find weird places to piss, too. That's my big thing. Like, can I get away with... I just feel like... Do you know if you get caught pissing outdoors, you can get you might have to register as a sex offender? Like, how ridiculous is that? All right, the Man Heat Tour with me and Chad Zumach. January 19th, we're at Buffalo Helium's. January 20th, Sy- Syracuse Funny Bone. We just added January 21st in Cleveland, the Manhall Room. Uh, we're at the Youngstown Comedy Cellar Friday and Saturday, January 22nd, 23rd. Uh, the Cincinnati Funny Bone, the 24th. Uh, Columbus Showbox, the 20 January 25th. Wednesdays, I'm I'm in Cortland back in the 607. My buddy's Bricks, his club, his nightclub, I'm playing there. Then we're finishing out Thursday through Saturday at the Rochester Comedy Club. So come out, rock out, and the next week is the Naughty Show with Fleshlight. It's going to be nuts. We got Bobby Lee, Ari Shafir, Tiffany Haddish, Jason Rouse, Eleanor Kerrigan, and Jason Tebow. Have you ever worked? You know who you should get on your podcast? Who? Eleanor Kerrigan. That woman is a monster. She is she the she used to work at the store. Can I ask you something real sure, quick? Sure, of course. Do you ever have bad sets? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. Like, what's a bad set to you? Be honest. Uh, the other night uh, at Flappers, I had a bad set. Like, like what is not having a bad like? My bad. My version of my bad set is what I guess probably. I'm trying to think of like the right analogy of uh, 
Like, I don't think people realize it's a bad set because then I, I just, what I do is I go to a bunch of bad habits. So, like, I, I try something genuine. I try, try something real. And then, uh, like, I, I, t- I went into the YooHoo room and I told this story that I've been wanting to tell. I told one time on Elliot in the Morning and it really killed on radio and everyone wanted to hear it. And I was like, all right, that's the, the that is, yeah, go pee outside. I'll tell, I'll t- yeah, I'll tell you, you can hear me. And so I told on Elliot in the Morning and it was this great story. And then, uh, and then I was I tried it on stage a couple times and it just fucking bombed. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go do the YooHoo room and I'm gonna tell this story and it, and I'm gonna make it work. And I told in the YooHoo room and it completely fucking worked. And I was like, fucking great. Oh, it worked perfectly. And I was like, that's it. I got it. Nailed it. Um, I think it was I think it was because it was so intimate. I think it was so it was so intimate and I was so confident on stage that I think everyone liked it. And so then I go into I go into the the main room and I tell this and I'm and I got the fucking thing behind me and I do like a little bit of fuck around up front and then I go to tell the story and the story just fucking falls flat. And I was like, fuck. So then and I'm doing okay. I think I mean I think I'm doing fine, but what happens then is I get I it's a I instead of saying I'm going to stick with and I told the whole story but as opposed to saying I'm going to stick with working on this new shit and trying to be good, I just do a bunch of easier shit like bam 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 bam. That's so inter- it's so psychological, isn't it? And it's so and so like I I think people like Adam Hunter was like great set, but I I think he hadn't seen me in a very long time. So a lot of the stuff that I said, I was I wasn't proud of. Like even last night I had a really good set and I was like but I was like, I was like, I don't know. Comedy store is weird for me because I feel like I got to do well because if I don't do well, then anyone that's there is like, why would we let Bert be on our stage? You know, like, so. I feel that every time I hit the stage. Yeah, I like, feel like I feel this constantly. immense pressure to just, I did, Hooters has a comedy club out here upstairs. Where? And I did that. Where's this? It's on Hollywood Boulevard. It's They've taken the top area and turned into a little comedy club. I love Hooters, yeah. I could fu- the Hooters on Hollywood yeah. over by Highland. Yeah, <sighs> I love that place. I'll send I you. To- I'll send you the guy's info, dude. He probably love. I loved it. I mean, like, dude, I had such a good time. It's like you got to find a room to work on new shit, and that's yeah. kind of where I do it. Matt Matty Bollocker used to do Red Rocks. Oh I, yeah, I, I love Matty Ball Game. Yeah, Matty Ball Game. I used to love doing that room because you could really do new shit and you could really take a chance, and there was no one from the industry there. And, like, that's the other thing is, like, I go up last night, and it's fucking sold out. I mean, it's packed, and, I, and I'm like, and it, it's funny because we were in the back, and they're like, uh, Dalia's going up. And so Rogan and I are talking, and, I, and then Brian comes off, and he's like, where's Dalia? And I was like, and he's like, what? And he's like, he said he wanted to go up now. He had another thing to do. And then they're like, and I'm just listening, going, when, when's my set? <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, I, I hear them applauding. And Brian op- Red Band opens the door, and he's like, "Oh, you're up, Bert." And so I'm like, "Fuck!" Did Delia not go up? No, he went up after me, but oh. he was he he was. I guess he I guess he was just fucking walking around. He wasn't right there. And they had said Bert's going up next to the host, David. I think it was his name. Yeah, and David so Deary. David Deary. And so so yeah. So I, but I I don't know, man. I I don't think I think I'm past this. When I, when I bomb, I it is a somewhat of a conscious decision to do poorly oh i'm so understand that but dude. It's, yeah it's not like i'm and then this isn't to sound like 
to people listening, I can say it to you and you know what I'm saying, but to people listening, I don't want you to think that like I decide to take it into the shitter. What is what is happening when I'm bombing the plane into the building. I don't even care. Like I decide that I am not going to fall in into my bad habits and do stuff that I know works and just get out of it because that's not why I'm here. I told I said this to Ari the other night too. I said I was talking about the flappers set and I was like, I I am there because Richie trusts me. And he knows that I can do well, but more importantly, he likes me as a comic. And he wants to see me create. So and that's what I want to do. Is I want to create. I want to make new shit. So like, like I, if I'm going to do poorly, it's because I'm trying to do something new. You got to, dude. and you got to, you got to fail, man. The biggest fucking, the biggest flaw with so many comics is they were terrified to fail. That's that's my biggest problem with L.A. right now. Is everybody's doing power sets all the time. Yeah. There's no Joey Diaz and I Joey's I think Joey might be coming over in like thirty minutes. But Joey Joey Diaz said to me we were like, you know, I love Joey because no one knows certain sides of Joey that we all know. Like everyone just sees him on his morning joint or hears him on the podcast. Doing a podcast with him? I don't know. He's like I Joey's a little hard to put your finger on. I told him you were coming over and he goes, I'll be there at noon. <laughs> so you like You should you should ask him about the Twitter war he just got in with uh John Caparillo. What happened? They just went at each other. Are you fucking serious? No, dude. I'm not kidding. They just fucking went at each other. I don't know what it's about. I think it has to do with, I don't know. I don't want to put where you, so you should ask him about it. Uh, yeah, but Joey's one of those weird guys that he may not talk about it. No, dude. He was going off on Caparillo, so he may want to. Maybe he's like, I don't want to talk about that, but there could be a good chance he does want to so talk funny, about it. so funny. I've never met Caparillo. Caparillo's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy. He's just like he's a... He does his own thing, dude, and you know. What do you mean, does his own thing? Like he just he he was part of the comedy store for a very long time, and then like he just stopped being part of the whole thing. He's like comedy store born and bred, and then he just stopped coming around. He stopped interacting with a lot of people. I don't know why. Like man. stopped in like coming around, like stopped interacting, meaning like cognizantly, or did he just have a family? And I mean that that is what he's saying. I yeah. have a wife. I just had a kid. I can't come around anymore. That, I mean, I hate not to. I don't no. know him, and I'm not going to take a side on anything. But I have to say, like one of the biggest hindrances I have to going to the store is like last night. Last night, I was, I fucking, I, and this is. I think this is the beauty and the evil of the store. Is like I, I take my family out bowling with our friends, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to party. Cause I got to do a set tonight. But I'm in my head. I'm like, I got to set at the store. I want to make sure I do well. I'm in my head about, and I know that I'm going to run love into. That I, you're being so honest with that. I am so, dude. I have to jog and meditate sometimes before I go on stage because my head gets so fucking nuts. Oh, I was I was there, and I fucking, and then I'm like, all right. I bowled a whole game with the girls. It's eight thirty. I go. I can get to the store in twelve minutes. From I'm going to take an Uber over so I can drink. So I know I'm going to see everyone and. And and I was like, I want to have a few cocktails, and maybe I'll maybe I'll hang out. But I'm, I go, I shouldn't hang out. I got a podcast with Sam in the morning, so I go. I'm, this is all. I get in the car, I drive over. To the, I, get, I get taken over to the store. I get to the store. I'm getting ready to go on stage. I'm or sitting with Rogan, and my wife texts me, and she's like, uh, "Hey, do you have the keys to the car?" I was so in my head about my set that I had fucking you taken an Uber over it, and I had. And then I go, "Yeah." I go, "Oh, sorry, just take an Uber home." And then I and then she texts me again, "Asshole, our house keys are on there." I was like, oh, fuck. And so, and then I'm like, and then I start partying. I have a good time. And I, but part of me is, like, I get home. I'm like, I got to be dad in the morning. I got to make breakfast burritos. 
I got it. Thank God Isla's like a stoner. Isla fucking woke. Isla's still in bed probably. But <laughs> but like uh but like I can understand where Caprilla would be like would be like, you know, hey, I'm I have a family things have changed. No, I totally get it's that. It's so hard, man. It's and so I don't hard. Know what the arguments about you'd have to ask them. They're too they're two killer comics. I, love I don't know. Joe I've never Deere. met John Caparulo. I've I Brett Ernst loves him, and then I was friends with Brett, so that's the only way I know of him is through that. He was like he's the last guy to ever really get a deal out of Montreal. He was the last guy about ten years ago. Yeah, I don't know if they done they still do deals, but he was the last one to get a big deal out of Montreal. I thought Chicken was the last one. Chicken, oh poor Chicken, man. Crazy times, dude. I wish that I had been. I wish that. And I've told you this a million times, but I'll say it one more time because it's the fucking greatest thing ever. You and Ari taught me so much about about being a good person in this business because the first time I met you, you walked right up to me and you're like, hey, man, I'm Sam. I fucking think you're funny as shit. We're about to do that show. And I was like, and I was so intimidated by you. And I was like, he didn't have to be nice. He could have just not spoken to me, which is what every fucking comic does. And then he would have gotten in my head and then I would have had a shitty set and then he might have had a better set because I had a shitty set. But instead you got... You were positive to me, and then I felt comfortable, and then I had a good set, and you also had a fucking good set, and Ari was the same way. I went up to, and because of that, I went, up, I walked up to Ari. I go, hey man, my name is Bert. I think you're really funny, and Ari was like, I think you're really funny, and then we became friends. Oh, that's great. But uh, I don't know why we were. So- oh, Chicken's one of those guys that I met before that, and he was just standoffish, and so I was ten times more standoffish. And Reno Collier was in, was in between us, and he was really nice, but. He, Reno didn't want to have to broker a friendship, so he just fucking was like, I'm going to go drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I never spoke to Chicken once. If people scare me, I want to be friends with them. Like a gun recognizes a gun, and when I realize there's a quick gun here, I want to be friends with them. I'll go up and introduce my. I, well, I introduce myself to everyone now because I'm like, I just go, hey, my name's Bert. It's very nice to meet you. The sad part of that is I don't remember names very well. So I don't I'm, either. About, yeah, you know what's so funny is I hate bringing back this porn. I always have a bunch of porn star friends. Yeah. Whatever name you give me the first time I meet you is your name forever. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. If you if you go, hey, I'm Sarah Double Anal, for the rest of your life, it's... I don't care who you are, you are Sarah Double Anal for yeah. the rest of your life. That's just how it is. So I meet these girls, and you know, through the, through the show, and then they'll become friends with me, and then they'll be like, you know, my name's Michelle. I'm like, I just know you as this, and I... You're lucky if you get one name with me. Not that I'm anything special. Just <laughs> my brain is chaos, and yeah. I only have I'm my storage is full. You know, you know who I what porn star I really want to meet? Who? Jesse Andrews. Do you know who that is? No, I'll look her up. She is. I, I'm not like I've, I. I like I've, I follow her on fucking. Uh, I follow her on Instagram, and she, her Instagram is just like. She's like the fucking. She's like a Lolita, but she's above twenty. But like she's like she's probably twenty two, but she's this like DJ now. She makes jewelry. I don't know if she does porn anymore, but she, all her friends are like fucking hot as shit, and they just do like rich girl porn star stuff. Like go to Ibiza and DJ, and then hang out on fucking boats and yeah, d- and don't wear tops and don't shave their pubes. Like just shit they that I'm like, what shit. the fuck? You know she is so hot. Instagram models are so. I always tell comedians, man, you got to think like an Instagram model. I know it sounds so weird, but Instagram models own package their whole fucking their their whole brand. They are all about packaging their brand, selling it to people, maximizing the reach of their brand. Comedians got to do that, yeah. Like, you know, through the podcasting, the video blogs, and all that. You just got to sell your brand to 
Everybody, like the, you know, the great thing about the internet is like it allowed it allowed the hookers to pimp themselves. They didn't need a pimp, so yeah. now they have their Instagrams, their all that shit, and they're pimping themselves out instead of having some dude have to pimp them out and keep all the fucking. It's the most amazing thing I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, and I can't stop liking bimbos on Instagram, and I, you know, I feel bad. I'm like, oh, I'm liking all these. Fil-. You know what? I'm 40. I don't care. I like filth. I like filthy <laughs> chicks. Who bend over chairs and be like, have a great Monday. And you just see their asshole. And I fucking love it. And I'm tired of apologizing. Ever since I started comedy, I've always been apologizing for who the fuck I am. I'm a filthy guy. I like being called the N-word when I fuck. That's who I am. That's who I am. I like being called the N-word. I don't know why this Mexican did it to me. And now I'm hooked on it. And it's a weird moment when you ask a girl to call you the N-word. But, you know, that's what I'm into. And I'm tired of apologizing. I like cream pie in. I like doing all that shit. That's who I am. I like Insta- I like liking sluts on Instagram. And I mean that in a kind way. That's who I am. I'm tired of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Tripoli. <laughs> that's the fucking best fucking rant I've ever heard. So I'm Please. Just so- Please tell me you're talking about that on stage. And I am. And you know what else I'm talking about? You know what's so amazing about is I saw this. Uh, she doesn't do porn anymore, but this girl named Ryan Keeley. And she, like at one point, you know, and everybody ages. And she's still really young and really hot. But there was a moment when I have this great show called the Rock and Pole World Championships. And it's literally karaoke and pole dancing teams compete against each other. It's literally the best live show you will ever see in your life. Holy and I'm about shit. to. I'm going to do one in, I think, uh, early March. It's the greatest show you'll ever see live. Holy shit. Yeah. It's my greatest invention. It makes a naughty show look like a a fucking dog show. It's like, it's literally the greatest thing. Ryan Keeley showed up. I've never seen a human being more hotter in person in my life than when she showed up. Last night we were talking and she's like, does Rogan hate me? Does he hate? And he's like, you are so gorgeous. And like, just talking to you today. We're all in our fucking heads oh. so fucking much. And you know, dude, I'm sober guy and I you know, I go to I go I go to twelve step programs, man, and the most enlightening, freeing thing I ever learned is that nobody gives a fuck about me. Not in a negative way. Nobody's thinking about me, dude. Yeah. Ev- everybody's like Bert Kreischer's in his head hoping he doesn't bomb at the commie store. He doesn't get he Bert didn't say hi to me last night, not because he doesn't like me, because Bert Kreischer is scared out of his fucking skull <laughs> yeah. that he might bomb at a fucking giant show. It has nothing to do with me, man. Yeah. And that's everybody. Everybody's so fuck. Oh, is that guy thinking, oh, my God, is he? Nobody cares, dude. Everybody wishes you well on your journey. Nobody gives a fuck. That is the fucking truth. It, nobody gives a fuck. No, yeah, it's, it's so fucking freeing, dude, to know that you are not alone, but you, nobody cares. Yeah. And listen. Whatever weird shit you're into, Bert, I'm sure you're into some weird shit that so. you don't want to talk about on the podcast. That's fucking cool. But just know everybody's in the weird shit. Yeah. Everybody's got a weird thing, a dark secret. There is a body buried somewhere in the skull that nobody wants to fucking talk about. And that's why I get on stage. It's like, I like getting called the N-word as I blast chicks in the pussy. That's who I fucking am. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> I fucking love you, man. You are fucking... I, I gotta say something to you. I love you so much. You don't understand. And sometimes I feel really bad because I hound you. But no. I love you. No, and I'm it's... so thankful you put me on this podcast. And you're so nice. And I felt like, oh, I just bullied this guy into put me on No, this not... Pod. Dude, here's the thing. Can I tell you this? And, and I actually thought this because of 
you texting you, hey, I want to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. In my head, I w- I'm afraid to ask people to be on my podcast because I feel like going like, hey, I know we've talked about my podcast before. Can, we- can you just come and hang out so that I can send stuff to my fans? And I feel bad. And the only other person that's like you that has texted me and said, hey, man, I would love to be on the podcast just so you know is fucking Doug Benson. And both you guys are, I consider, friends, but I feel like I'd be bothering you if I no, texted you to dude. be on the po- podcast. Again, we're going back to sell, uh, analyzing everything. It's just like, I, you know, another thing, like, I have so, I'm, I'm, I'm Armenian and Italian. You know, I got fucking fire for blood, dude. You yeah. know, and I have a, I, I, I come from machismo, fucking man, and, you know, I could do everything myself, and, like, I, the hardest thing I've ever asked, I learned is like, it's okay to ask people for stuff. Ask for a little help. Oh, ask dude, I'm horrible at that. I'm horrible at that. You know who's great at that? Who? And I mean this with all love and respect is Dean Del Rey. I want Dean Del Rey to write a book called How to Meet and Greet People because he's the best at fucking doing it. And I've watched I'm him so work. so bad. It's just like, no, dude, you don't know how many people just are just, hey, man, help me, help me, help me. Hey, man, help me, help me, help me. And they get stuff. Does everything happen? No. But they put it out there. Yeah. Again, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the biggest thing. I, you know, especially in sobriety. Uh, this really great stu- uh, study just came out. And they found what is addiction? What's what's a big thing in addiction? And they found that most people have strong addictions because they feel alone and Ooh. disconnected. Fuck. Dude, I, all I, that story I just told you I'm writing about, the reason I'm writing about it is because... In that story is the most alone and disconnected I've ever felt in life, and it's how I feel the majority of the ways. Like last night, last night, and I don't know if everyone does this, but like last night there was a moment where um, we're all in the green room at the store, and uh, and I and everyone was talking to someone, and I wasn't talking to anyone, and I was like, I don't know if everyone does this, but I was like, uh, you look foolish, you're not talking to anybody. Like, what are you like? Yeah. In my head, it's just like you said. I'm in my head. To anyone else looking, they're like. Bert's probably thinking about his set or whatever, but I'm just going like, do I should I start a conversation with somebody? Like, do I jump into a conversation? And then Bobby Bobby Lee walked in. Bobby Lee's like, Bert, are we gonna podcast? Like it was, and then he sat next, and then he goes, can I sit next to you? And I was like, oh my god, you have no idea what a fucking lifesaver. Yeah, what a lifesaver you are. Now I'm talking to Bobby Lee, who I want to talk to, and I was like, I was like, oh, but yeah, I'm fucking. I'm in my Dude, head. Dude, I have crippling social anxiety. I get it Horrific. from my mother. Horrific. I've gone to birthday parties, walked in, wished people happy birthday, walked right the fuck out of the party. That's part of the home. reason I left last night. Is I go, I, I go. Listen, I can hang out. I can drink all night. I can have a good time. But I go at some point. When do I say goodbye? Like, do I? Am I just like? What if I don't know a lot of people? What if I'm just hanging out next to Red Band all night? And he's, he's going to be like, Bert, you should go. Get, walk around. I'm like, well, I don't know if I, I'm afraid I'm going like, to get ID'd. Have, that's so funny. We just overanalyze everything. And then I saw the video on Kate's Periscope, and I was like, God damn it. I saw you, and I go, I know Tripoli was there. I could have fucking hung out all night. Yeah, right? With and, Nate, yeah. Dude, two porn stars, Nate Diaz, Kate Quigley. What a great life we live. Oh, and I, but, then I, but then I got home. I smoked a cigar. I got to bed at a really good time last night for me. Probably like midnight. But, uh. Like and I finished this vlog. I posted the vlog, and I was like, "Okay, all right, let's just work hard and play hard later." I guess I don't fucking know. I'm seeing if this Joey's so interesting. He oh, there's Jesse May Peluso. 
Um, Joey's so interesting. He doesn't like texting, but then he'll text you, and but he doesn't want you to reply to him. Yeah, right. he's like, he's like, dog, I don't fucking text. Then he texts me. The funniest thing was when Tom Segura did a either he did or someone else did a group text. I think you were in it. I was in it. Ari was in it. Red Band was in it, and a couple other people were in it, and we were all texting each other. And Joey Diaz was in it, and it, Joey Diaz started threatening Tom Segura's life because his phone just kept blowing up with repeat texts. He's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, dog!" And Tom Segura, "Please stop texting on this thing." Joey Diaz is getting so pissed, dude. Segura's I want to do a Lion King Friday. moment with fucking Tom Segura's kid, Tom and Christine's kid, as the like the the fucking the comedy prince has arrived. How funny yeah. is that kid gonna be? He's he's you know what he's gonna be he's gonna be the kind of funny that tom is where it's like tom's not over the top beating you over his head with a sense of humor hanging out with him he makes you laugh nonstop, and it's that subtle stuff where it's just that the kid's gonna be he's gonna lethal. be lethal a walking around inside joke like he'll say this shit under his breath that'll fucking destroy you because tom is incredibly smart and like people don't I, i'm sure people do realize that but he is insanely smart i mean like he knows spanish he knows all this shit he's like he works at a higher level uh i actually got tom score in the comedy you know in the stand-up comedy you know that no we we were doing a, a groundlings class together and you know it's a gun recognizes a gun yeah kids scared me so i was like i gotta be friends with this guy because he was Shut so up. fast and i was like dude you're so fast you're so funny because somebody did this to me in vegas you should do stand-up comedy. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, man. I'll take you around. So for the a week, I took him to every comedy show that I knew, and he started doing stand-up, and, and he's just like... He's someone... I, I, there, he could write a book about... And it's it's interesting, and maybe it's just part of his persona, or part of his, part of his pers- personality. But, like, he's someone who, like, just could get in with great comics... And they'd take him with him to like amazing places, but he's not the guy that calls people up like Rogan. Can you get me on? Hey, uh, 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 Sam, um, uh, Russell Peters, can you take me the O2 Arena and open yeah. for you? He doesn't do that, but they, but everyone loves him, including myself. I mean, I took him to one of his first road gigs uh, up in Sacramento. I fucking he bombed so bad. You have, I'll never forget. I remember the, I said to the club, I'm bringing my own feature. He's fucking hilarious. He bombed for 25 minutes every single night. And I remember at one point the manager going, I thought you said he was funny. I go, he is. You just, you don't get it. They don't get it. But I get it. Like I, I totally understand that. Like, it's getting lost on this road club because everyone's fucking mouth breathing and licking windows. But fucking, <laughs> and, and the only reason I'm doing good is because I have bad habits and I'm like fucking, who likes to eat pussy? And they're like, ah, I love it. And I'm like, ah, this is my 20-minute chunk that it, everyone has kind of done a version of that right. I'm now going to do a version right, of. Right, right, And Tom's not doing that. And then we drove home, and he was like, he was like, man, that uh, you think they'll have me back? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite human beings. I told him, I, we went out to dinner, me, him, and Push. This, I did this an episode of my vlog on this. So if you want to go to my vlog, go to Bird, Bird, Bird. I'm not, you know that if you're listening to this. But, and I said to him, I go, dude, do a vlog. I go, start a vlog. And just, I go, just run the camera, edit it together. But him and Push are so funny together 
they ordered this because they're not leaving the house. They had the baby. They got this uh, takeout delivery system. <laughs> they accidentally ordered like five pounds of bacon. <laughs> He's like, and but it's Tom doing it, so you can see it. It's like so I was rubbing bacon with everything we eat. But uh, I fucking love that guy. I did. Christina Pajinski is a assassin. She is funny as shit. She's an assassin. She's she, got the thing that all funny women. When I say funny women, I just mean in life. Now, before you saw stand-up women in, on stage, when you met a woman who was funny, y- you you recognized it in a weird way. You got a crush on them immediately, yeah. and like funny women, and I, just like funny guys, the almost like the definition of a funny guy to everyone was like I think Adam Carolla said it was a guy who could do an Ace Ventura impression there's that type of guy who thinks he's funny he's like alrighty then and and he just does like his Borat impression all the time and you're like enough that's not funny but a funny guy a real funny guy girls had a crush on real funny women men get crushes on and they always had like an ability to make an inside joke that only you and them appreciated and you almost were like God, this woman's enriching my life. Yeah, I love I love smart women. I like fast women. I love female comics, man. There's all this, you know, it's so funny. I was doing the Hooters Club last night, and it's like after the club, it's an open mic, and so the room's full of open micers. And I this one very attractive female comic sits down. And I just started talking to her, and I'm like, so how do you think it is being a female comic? And she was really cool about it. You know, but I listen to a lot of female comics talk about how hard it is to be a female comic. And I'm like, the truth is, it's hard on everybody. It literally is hard on everybody. You have a, you know, some people hit and you want to think that represents the whole group. And it's really not like that. It's hard on everybody. The thing I will tell you about female comics is like they have a parachute. There used to be these two crazy twin comics who would hang by the comedy store all the time. They were doing comedy, but they really just fucking... With a comedy store bikes, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's riding them. And uh, <laughs> one day they just disappear. I don't see them for, like, two years. I'm, I'm walking to the improv. She pulls up in a brand-new Land Rover. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, oh, I got married. I'm dating it. But boom, that's her parachute out. You know what all my male friends who do comedy in the 40s are doing now? Medical testing. They're all <laughs> fucking doing medical testing. They're all fucking lab rats ho- taking pills hoping that they don't get a dick growing out of their fucking forehead medical for fucking testing. 10 grand. That's what they're all fucking doing, dude. Like that's the that's the 401k for a fucking comic. Let me take some pills medical and don't testing. let a dick grow out of my forehead. I'm going to lay on this table for one month straight without using my muscles yeah. to simulate what space is like yeah. for astronauts. <laughs> That's so funny. They have a golden parachute. You know what my friends are doing? Medical tests. <laughs> That's what they're all doing, dude. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, you do, like, I'm not, like, and I'm sure that Eliza would argue this point, but I'm not saying that, that I'm not, definitely not saying she will not be doing stand-up for the rest of her life. But, however, if she chooses to stop because of some emotional crux that we all have at some point where we're like, what the fuck are we talking about? What the fuck are we doing? I don't feel like I'm saying anything original. She definitely could marry any fucking... Oh, she's so hot. She's so beautiful. But I will tell you something about her. But, yeah. She, Whitney Cummings, Christina Pajinski. Whitney Cummings could literally... I'm not saying that... I think Whitney's hilarious. I think she'll be doing stand-up for the rest of her life. I do. I think both of them are. Both of them. I'm, I'm not saying they aren't, they but man. They seem to have a... The, yeah, but they're, they're fucking hilarious chicks. Do you know how many fucking good-looking, 
pro athlete millionaires would love to spend time with a fucking funny I always hot feel, chick. I was talking about that last night. It's like you know, with the uh, you know, I was talking about the medical testing. It's like women could always jump on rich, rich dicks. Yeah, you know, guys can't jump on rich snatch. Women, there's no such thing as trickle down pussy. You know, they don't fuck broke dick for fun. They women always got fuck up. That's why I feel bad for famous women. To be honest with you, because. They always want to fuck alpha males. And the problem with alpha males is that all the females are going for alpha. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a weird thing. It's like Whitney Cummings just, you know, Julia Roberts is such a unique person because she literally fucked like the best grip on this, uh, uh, on set. And like, yeah. you know how rare that is to fuck the best grip? Nobody's Danny, fucking best grip. What's his name? Danny. I knew his name specifically because he's a of hero. She was at a party I went to one time. Oh. Uh, we went to a party at uh, like a Christmas party. Danny, he was good friends with our friend. They were both grips. Yeah, and he was a really fucking solid guy. I ended up talking to him all night, not knowing it was Julia Roberts' husband. And Julia Roberts was on the couch. She was on the couch. She was looking at belts. I want to say she Danny. Can't. I wish Danny Motor. Yeah, say, Julia say- Motor out there, everybody. Julia Motor. But it's like Whitney. It's like she can't just fuck anybody. What do you mean? She wants to fuck. Women want to fuck up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, just I, the way it is. I heard Whitney on Rogan's podcast, and I was, and it sounds like it sounds like a fucking nightmare to be her and single. Like, it sounds like there's, like, dudes have, is, dudes have issues with her money. Dudes have, or she has issues with dudes having issues with her money. It sounds like, from what I was exper- here at listening on her podcast, that it's like, it's got to be a clusterfuck to be hot, rich, and funny. Yeah. And talented and and driven. That's driven, the other thing. Like, no, All those women are driven. I always say to myself, fuck. "What would Whitney do?" That's what I say to myself some mornings. Where I'm I like, thought of her yesterday as I was going to the store. I thought, I thought, I wish I had. There was something about her when I first met her that I was like, I saw her do stand up, and I was like, she's really strong on stage. She when she I was right. I, you know, what, dude, I feel like sometimes people. Oh, it's Whitney. Oh, she, no, dude, that girl is a legit assassin. But she's really, she's really. She's really driven. Like she's, and I wish I had her drive. I wish, like, I was like, she's great on stage. Anyone else, I just go, you know, you see what happened. But with her, she's one of those people that you saw and you were like, oh, this is gonna happen. Like, if I was smart, I would hang hang around her a lot. Jeffrey Ross says she did ten years of work in five years. She just worked smart. The biggest thing Whitney has, and like this is a blessing and a curse. I feel is like she knows, she knows how. To talk to the suits. She knows the words they want to hear and the way they want to hear it. And she's an amazing human being at being able to dictate her thoughts in a way that they love to hear. To the point that it's so effective that sometimes it can be detrimental. And the reason I say that is like that show she did, Whitney, was funny. I don't give a fuck what anybody said. But... She was so able to convince them that it was so good that they put so much money in advertising that it became, it was impossible for it to do fucking what it was expected to do. It was just impossible. She was getting like Jim Carrey returns to television kind of promotion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if she would have came in on the kind of on the radar, it could have built up and could. I wanted to say, I wanted to say that the real fucking winner out of that show was Dalia. Oh, 100%. He, man, he was so good on that show. He's he a was, good actor, oh, dude. Oh, dude, he's an amazing... I mean, he is He is a genuine... T- I, saw, I saw him last night. He was very nice. But, man, I, 
He, when I saw him on Whitney, I was like, dude, this guy comes into a scene, steals a scene with no energy. He's not trying to steal a scene. He just is charismatic. He's funny. He's likable. He's likable as fuck. I talked, I, I've said this on other podcasts, and I'm sure I'll say it a million other times. One of the things I love about him, he wants to be an action star. He said that on Ron Bennington's podcast, or uh, Unmasked. Dude, I believe that could fucking happen. I believe he's why in. Not? Yeah, why not? I believe that. Well, I'd just, fucking go if he gets an action movie. St- I will go see that fucking movie opening week. Yeah, and I, I think a ton of people would. He's I, so fucking likable, dude. He's like you know. I've had to follow that guy in the fucking comedy. Thank show, God dude. I didn't have to follow him last yeah. night. I was like, he's a weird guy. I do well after. I don't know why him. You know who I followed? Two other people that I follow. Like, how did that go well? And it just went well. Daniel Tosh. Oh. And then David Tell. Oh, those are two guys that I can't cuz I uh, I like them so much that I am and I watch their whole set as a fan and then I go, "Oh fuck, I got to do the same magic tricks they just did. I don't have that in me oh, right now." Just there's that I, moment, I want, like, I want I'm the guy following break. this. Oh, dude, Tosh is Tosh is someone that I believe is probably I think a lot of people that are my my people my age Go, oh, the guy on Comedy Central? Like, I think a lot of college kids watch him and they love him. I think he is someone who could do a tour. He could do... There's a market that is not buying tickets to his show that would fucking um, love that guy. Yeah, 100%. You know who's a sneaky superstar? Who? And, like, I think people do realize, but he never gets talked about in the conversation of just the greatest comics. T.J. Miller. Nobody talks about that Dude. guy. Like everyone's like, "Oh, I want this guy." Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller is an out of the box fucking thinker too. By he the way, these so are these are all people successful. Like we just talked about Chris Leah winning. Nobody's touching what that guy's doing right now. Oh yeah. No, I mean a successful show, a legitimate successful show. It is uh, Silicon Valley is one of the funniest shows on 100%. television. No questions asked. He is a fucking hardcore scene stealer in it when he gives the closing speech when he there's a moment where he's got to give a speech at a tech conference and uh and he's fucked someone's wife or something dude tj miller and and another thing about tj and uh, this is and by the way these are all people i would never reach out to do a podcast with i would he never so insane i'd never successful. reach out to tj i'd never reach out to me too dude to, but uh, your your podcast I, no but I, like i just i just, I just one. like i like them all but i would feel very uncomfortable like I don't have a problem te- texting Patton to do it, but I but with TJ I go, I don't want to I don't want to force him to do it. I don't want him to resent. I don't want him to go. Dude, he's I- in Deadpool. Dude, he's on the trailer for Deadpool. How great is that trailer? Oh, it's fucking awesome. I literally sat there watching the trailer and TJ's in there, and I was like, motherfucker. Now, it is the. Yeah, he's a fucking. You know who else is great? Ryan Reynolds doesn't get enough. Like, dude, Brian Reynolds is worth every $20 million they give dude, him. that guy fucking, his timing is insane. I would I would Good say. Good looking should not be that t- that kind of comedic timing. Yeah. It's he, unbelievable to the point that I almost think it hurts him because people are like, he's too good looking. Yeah. Dude, he's so good. I always saw a parallel between Ryan Reynolds and Dane Cook. Yeah. I always saw a parallel and I was like. I was like, I wonder if either of them know who the other one is. Well, they did that movie together. Oh, fuck, yeah, they did. Waiting. Yeah. That was a great fucking movie. That was a great movie. And Dane went for, like, the... Dane had the out fucking out there character with the tattoos on his face or whatever. I, I, Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is legit, man. I could... 
there's a lot of comics I fucking love. You know, that's one of the things about the stories. You end up really fucking loving comedy. Like, there's some clubs you go to where you're like, God, fuck this guy. Fuck this club. I fucking hate it, man. You come out of the store for one night. I mean, two nights back to back. And I'm like, God damn it, man. There's a, like, there's a ton of great comics. Steve Agee. Steve Agee fucking destroyed last night. Yeah. He destroyed so fucking hard. He was like, well, I just, uh, I'm not going to do one of his jokes, but, but, cause, cause that would be fucking not cool because I'd fuck it up. And then people were like, he's not that funny, but man, he had a joke about hemorrhoids that I was off to the wings and I was laughing so hard. I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing at him fucking just meandering through a bit, like just kind of fucking, you know, Steve, like he is fucking amazing dude it is amazing time in comedy I feel it is like you think about it sandler's back david spade's back uh all these guys that i dude i would i'd pay money to see david spade 100%. i'd pay money to see adam sandler and now they're going on tour with swartzen all these guys are back all it's gonna do is breathe excitement about comedy and i'm telling you man it is the best year to be on the road it is a great time dude it is a great time to do comedy because, like, there's not a lot of rules now. You could, as long as it's funny, you could almost talk about anything now. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, Tosh.0 and Workaholics and, and uh, 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 South Park. Dude, Workaholics is such a great fucking show. Dude, it is so good. The end of this podcast is going to be titled Bert and Sam Sucking Everyone's Dick. Yeah. Hey, guys, just do us a little fucking, just show us some love on when you talk and go, man, Bert and Sam are fucking hilarious. Uh, dude, I'm blow banging <laughs> everybody right now. I'm sucking 18 dicks on this fucking podcast right now. Yeah, dude. I think it's a great time to do comedy. I love it. When I go on the road, it's a totally different experience, man. I used to be like, oh, I hope these guys like me when I walk <laughs> up. It's so just funny like, that you oh, think that. I hope they get it. You know, now it's like, fuck, dude. As long as it's funny, dude. As long as it's funny, they'll give it a shot. And it's like, even mid in the Midwest. Sometimes Midwestern crowds in Flo- like Florida's great for comedy. They're better than fucking West Coast crowds. But Arizona's great. Well, everywhere's great. I'm like San Francisco's great. Canada's phenomenal. It's just like what a fun place to do comedy. Yeah. And it's just a great time. And you know what, man? I I owe my whole career to the internet. Just because I'm putting out content, I'm finding people. I'm finding people. I'm finding people, and they know my comedy. And like, it's so weird to be in a foreign city. People are like Tripoli. You're like. That would never when, when do you think it's going to be the time that someone steps up and says, Sam, I'd like to own all your content. How much can I pay you so that when you make something, I own it? And would you I ever had a guy that? a long time ago try to do it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't fuck you money. So I'm like, no, dude. Like every, I want what would be the price point? What would be the price point if so, for someone to step up right now and go, I would like to, I'd like to be in the business of Sam Tripoli. I, will, uh, I would like to own 50% of all the content you put on out from here on out. I don't know. Oh, dude, that's a great question. What is your number? Do you have a number? I'm never, I'd have to think about that. I can, I can come up with a number pretty quickly. Um, How I'm many thinking, zeros? Honestly, no, you, I'd be, you'd be shocked. I'd do it for, to, do, uh, to own all my, everything I put out. Half of everything you put out. Half of, half of everything? I'd probably do it for seven hundred thousand dollars. That's not a bad number. Seven hundred. Uh, oh, by the way, a year. Did they just own it for a year. For one, no, f- no. I get pay- fuck. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm fucking this up. For I do. If you said to me, um, 
if you I probably do it for less now that I'm thinking about it. If you said for I'll give you I'll give you half a million dollars a year. Uh, let's, I'll give you half a million dollars a year, and I will own half of all the content you put out there. Uh, if it sells in perpetuity, I will still own half. Uh, if it goes viral, I own half. I get half your ad sales on your podcast. I get half your ad sales on your YouTube channels. I can. I'd probably do it for probably half a million dollars. Now, if you want to talk about putting that in, folding that into travel, like like travel channel, working for travel channel, it would be, it'd be much more to do a TV show because TV show is so you're so intense. But I'm talking like just what I'm putting out right now because this is the shit I I do I do for free. Yeah. It I would, love it. For $500,000, I'd probably consider having a partner in this where I go. A year? Uh, a year. I go $100,000 a year. Just you can have half my shit. Yeah. And you, you go. $100,000 a year, you don't have to worry about shit. You give me a partner. Let's say, let's say Mark Cuban rolled up. Listen, someone do me a favor. If you're listening to this and you know Mark Cuban, send us this his way. Because I think this is a good, I think this is an interesting business plan. $100,000. I'd probably do this. I'd probably I'd probably sell two fifty. I'd sell no questions asked. Two hundred fifty dollars a year. You can even suggest content. And Mark Cuban says, "Listen, this is what I want. I want half you of go everything." Shark Tank and and pitch that. I, I want half of everything you do. I don't want you to slow down production because you're getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now you're on vacation. I want you to produce They'd like have you to were. Stipulate what you have to put out. Yeah, and 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 I want you to keep creating. And I I want for that half, I want to be able to do with it what I want. So Mark Cuban could go, I sold it to the Sultan of Brunei. He paid like a million dollars and he and he and you can't put it online, but he listens to your podcast by himself. No <laughs> one else can listen to it except for the Sultan of Brunei. But here's a million dollars. We're gonna split it. I'd fucking I would Yeah. That's an interesting that would be an interesting business plan is to purchase Okay, let's let's fold it into this. Okay, we're doing Shark Tank. Right we're doing now. Shark Tank. You're selling me. I would like to. How about this? What would it cost? Fuck, I don't know if there's. Uh, maybe I'm not good at business, but like, what would it cost for him to to get? Are you allowed to renegotiate? That's my question. Like, what what is it? Are you like an NBA player? Are you signing a five year, hundred thousand dollar a year contract? Because what if you blow up? You ready for this? A 10-year contract. So you're guaranteeing the money you've put in yourself already. We're all guaranteeing that in 10 years something very massive is happening with our careers. Yes. We're, we're definitely oh, – I plan on getting bigger than I am today. 10-year contract. Same price point every year for 10 years. Would you sign a million-dollar contract where you get $100,000 for the next 10 years. Yes. I would. In a heartbeat. And I even think twice about it. With the freedom of that, I would just go effing crazy, dude, on everything. I would go effing. I would be putting out the craziest, weirdest shit. I, yeah, I think. I mean, I, if I would do it for $2.5 million. If you gave me $250,000 a year. Because I think at two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, I could leisure. I'm talking. I'm not. I'm talking now. Well, because you break that down, that's going to be like a hundred, 
after taxes. So if you pitch a TV show, he gets half of what you make up. If, if I'm when I go get to Travel Channel, he gets half of my paycheck. Dude, I think you're gonna get hit up by somebody. If I had a shitload, I'd be like, I'll invite. I'll hit up her. You're basically offering stock options in my career. You should do that. I'll give you 49% of my career. I still want to be the controlling owner of what I do. You want 51% of Burt Kreischer Enterprises. Mark Cuban, I'm offering 49% 49 of my career to you. Dude, you should see if you can pitch that. I mean, even if it doesn't get picked up. And just come out and just go, hey, guys, my name is Burt Kreischer. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm a podcaster. I'm a vlogger. I'm a television host. I'm an actor. And... In 1997, Rolling Stone magazine called me the number one party animal in the country. I'm 43 years old. I have two children. I'm also a safe bet. I don't drop the N-word. I, I don't fucking say too outrageous a shit, but I'm talented. Yeah. I would like to offer you 49% ownership in my company for $2.5 million over the next 10 years. I Dude, you should right now call up Shark Tank and see if they'll let you do that. And then Mark Cuban go, oh, you know what? Because Mark Cuban could then go, I'll take it, and I'll make you a fucking star, and I'll just get a re- investment on my money. Mark Cuban just takes me to every single game with him. Hey, guys, it's Burt Kreischer. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Take your shirt off. 100%, on court. dude. Ah! 100%. That would be fucking great. It would be great, dude. That's that's my fucking, that's my Shark Tank. You should have your agents call up Shark Tank, see if you can pitch Right that. now, my agents will be like, 2.5 over 10 years is a, not a lot of money. And by the way, did I move my math right? I think I did my math right. Yeah, That's two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. They would be happy with that. And I'm getting, I'm also getting fifty one percent of the dude, money that I bring in. That doesn't in. mean you can't work. That yeah. just means oh, right. they're getting half of what you're talking about. Yeah. So and you can even stipulate that. And they I'm also get, getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and I'm getting on top. Like if I do nothing that year, they I get, get 20, half of what you make. I mean, you pay out. You tell your agents, I'm paying you out this, and then he gets half of what I make. Yeah. It doesn't affect their bottom line. And I got Mark Cuban in my pocket, yeah. who's like, who's like, hey, you got. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I think we You're should move. The com- I think we should move the company to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I am 51 percent owner, but yeah. he does have a pool. My kids can go swimming in. Yeah. All right, we're going to Dallas. You you'd be on Access TV, which is only going to get bigger. You'd be on. You could do some stuff on MSNBC. And uh, I got ten year. I got a ten year b- b- uh, parachute where yeah. I know. I'm not going anywhere for 10 years. I can really make the content I want. Yeah. I start making my content. It goes on Axis. And you're still making road money. You're still making I'm still road- doing the road. You're making getting- a little less now because yeah. you're giving half of that up. Uh-huh, yeah. and But that's fine. I'm sure. Okay, let's do well, But your money will go up because you're the guy from Shark Tank who sold half his brand. You will make up in what you give up. And then in like little things, like I'm wearing Mavericks shit everywhere I go. Yeah. I think you should do it, dude. I think you're in a, a great place to do that. That's a great. I wonder if I can do that. All right, we got to. Uh, we should probably end this podcast. Joey right, Diaz dude. should be here. I love minute. you with all my heart. And if Joey comes over and you're still here, I'd kind of like both of you here. But I don't know. I got a jam. Go. All right. Uh, what? Tell him about the. Tell him about the thing. It's the man. He. Tour, punchlines and slow grinds through the Northeast, January 19th through the 30th. Go to samtriplee.com for all the info. And then next week is the Naughty Show at the Comedy Store, host, uh, sponsored by Fleshlight. I love the people at Fleshlight. Dude, they're great. We're going to do some more projects, too. And you got uh, you got uh, Punch Ari, Drunk. Bobby Lee, Tiffany Haddish. You got to have her on your podcast. She's I know. I've known fest. Tiffany for a long time. Uh, Jason Tebow, Jason Rouse, and El- Eleanor Kerrigan. And just check out me and Chad Zumach. If you're in the Northeast, we're coming to a city near you. I guarantee you, you will have the best time ever. It will be Murder Fest.
Sam, I love you, man. Thank you. And go to CD.com. I just put out my old CD for the first time digitally. The first CD I ever met with some fucking classics on it. Really? So go to CD.com backslash artist backslash Sam Tripoli. Check out my CD. Fucking thank you. I love you. Love you too, man. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.